Hello, hello. Welcome in to Game Static, episode 100. 100 episodes of this show, of this journey. I cannot thank everyone enough for ever listening to the show at any point in time. The show's been through a lot of changes over time, from people on the show, to branding of the show, to how we do the show in general. Uh, more changes to come with it going live starting next week at episode 101. It's been a phenomenal journey for this show. Most podcasts don't make it past like 10 or 20 episodes. I'm a great example of that. My original podcast didn't make it past 10 episodes way back in the day. Like That's just the fact of podcasting. So the fact that we've made it 100 episodes is a massive accomplishment. Shout out to everyone that's ever listened to this show and supported this show. We appreciate the hell of you. And of course, shout out to both the boys here with me, Zach and John, who has been with me on this journey for... I don't know, at least a, a while now for you. I mean, I don't know the time range, but at least a year plus for you boys. Boys, how we doing? How we feeling with episode 100 of this show? I'm doing good. I'm happy for episode 100. Went from you going, hey, need, can you do a podcast in like three minutes? <laughs> That's so true. So now, like 60 episodes later, yep. you know the one thing that would really make this full circle? Hmm. We get a pop-off from the Lighthouse guy. Oh, I know. The Shadow Lighthouse <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and John, how are you feeling? Went from guest to host uh, on this wonderful show. How are you doing today? Doing all right, man. You're really excited over there. I am, dude. This is the first podcast we've got that's actually hit episode 100. I say that because like every podcast is well, like Animan Plus and GameStack has technically already passed 100 episodes because we've done like multiple bonus casts or spoiler casts or Animan stuff. But in like true episode since episode 100, first Sparky 3 podcast to hit it. That's just awesome. Uh, here at the end of this year, Animan Plus will also hit it, its episode 100 as long as it goes to schedule. It should. It should. We, we should be good. Hopefully. Yeah, we should be good. 100 should end the year. That'll be good. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll see. We'll, we'll figure something out, but it should be good. Uh, this, of course, being like the last pre-recorded episode, like I already mentioned, next week we will start live episodes. That's going to be really exciting, I think. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. How, live shows have been fine for a terrible football show. Is Jared going to be here? No, next week's actually is on God call week. dang it. Next week's is on call week. Yeah, yeah so he wouldn't be available anyway. Uh, yeah, so Jared, of course, is not here today. Uh, so Jared's coming back. He should be back in a couple you've weeks. Been, you've been saying that for He'll two be back. <laughs> I was off for <laughs> one back. episode, and he started, and then he was dead. Yeah. He'll be back. He'll be back, I swear. You've been saying that for months. <laughs> Look, Jared joining the show at the time he did was just unfortunate timing, right? He joins the show the next week, so people listening and watching have little context. He hits me up like that Friday night before the next episode he was gonna be on and said, oh yeah, script looks good, whatever, things look good. And then two hours later hits me up with like, hey, I'm not gonna be able to make it the show and probably won't be on for the foreseeable future, this happened. But he will be back uh, and he should be back on episode 102 when we go live for that one, I think. He should be back then. He thinks he was gonna put, he was gonna aim to be here uh, again for this episode. Let's just call it 105. Basically, <laughs> yeah. No, he was gonna aim to be here, but once again, he hit me up. I think it was like one o'clock last night. Like, hey, something else popped up. Not gonna be able to make it today. Uh, and it was funny too, because like when we were making this list, Jared did help us make this list for today, which of course is we're ranking 25 video game consoles. Jared went from yeah, I'm gonna try to make it by the time the list was done. He's like, oh, I'm fucking coming, you know, because he wanted to throw some hands over this list. Which honestly, this might be one of the best episodes that we've ever done because of just like I feel like it's just gonna be a lot of arguing, which is gonna make some good content. You know, even it's gonna be a lot of potential arguing. Even though, like, we made the list and the list is set and we're running with this list. We weren't happy with the list when we ended it. I know. And we're, 
It is what it is, man. It's going to be a great episode, though. And also with today's episode, we do have a new sponsor. And I'm really pumped for this one. Me, uh, I had a great conversation with the owner of this company, pretty lengthy conversation. Uh, and they don't normally give out promo codes. They don't normally do sponsorships like this. Shout out to Tyler for even setting this one up to begin with. Tyler happens to know one of the guys that works for this company and kind of set everything up for us for me to, you know, he, he did the layup and I just slam dunked it to get the promo code and get the, uh, the partnership with, let me grab the hats right here. With uh, Wayward Beard Company, uh, you can use promo code SPARKY3 to get 10% off your order going forward. Uh, if you got a beard, you want to up your beard game, definitely go check them out. They have a lot of different scents, uh, and with each scent, all has a wide range of products, whether if it's like your beard oils, beard uh, the butter bombs, whatever, and stuff like that. Um, beard wash, beard conditioner, they have body wash as well. as Even uh, cologne, like solid cologne, though. Kind of actually really cool. You know, it's just like a cream, essentially. Uh, it all smells fantastic. I got the beard butter right here with me as well. So this episode is dedicated to Wayward Beard Company. Shout out to them. Shout out to that, uh, that, that dude, the CEO, man. He's a really sweet dude. Had a really awesome conversation with him. And I'm looking forward to building this partnership going forward. And I will say here in a couple weeks, I don't want to announce it yet, here in a couple weeks, looks like we got another partnership. Uh, you know, I had a good conference call with another company that reached out to me for a partnership. I think we've got something in the works here. Looking forward to shouting that out here in uh, potentially a couple of weeks. Uh, and then, of course, check out our other sponsors as well, like Rogue Energy. You can use a referral link down below, promo code SPARKY3 to get 10% off. We do have Rocket Pop that is about to launch here in a few days. This is the collector's box. Um, can't get this. There's only 250. Shout out to me, man. to get my hands on one. But the flavor is coming out to full release here very soon. Let me get in the shot right there. There we go. Boom. And then, of course, uh, Red Dragon. Use a referral link down below. Promo code GameStack to get 10% off. We definitely appreciate that as well. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of plugs to run through today. Uh, normal stuff, you know, join the website, spark3.com. We'll go through that more here at the end of the episode. But uh, So, uh, for the list, for this episode, of course, 25 consoles that we are ranking. So, we were very selective with this, where we are strictly focusing on current console manufacturers and Sega, because we all kind of grew up with Sega in some capacity. So, a lot of the stuff from the past that uh, other like websites and companies would probably put pretty high on their list, they, they're not going to be here. We don't have experience with it to rank them, so just Everything Nintendo, everything Sony, everything Xbox and Sega, with two exceptions being like um, Sega Game Gear wasn't on this because we were trying to keep it a clean 25, and Nintendo Virtual Boy, which you can go ahead and assume that one would be 1,000% at the bottom of this list if it was on here. I have played with the Virtual Boy. I'm telling you, it would be at the bottom of this list, 1 million percent. It would be number, it would be the dead last. Virtual Boy was terrible. Uh, but other than that, everything else uh, with those companies will be ranking. So how we ranked these, it was like, what, like a four-hour conversation, I think, trying yeah. to get this list together. A lot of arguing back and forth. So how we rank these is, of course, exclusives, the entire catalog, the controller, UI, power, features, accessories, and, of course, online. Those were the, the general rules that we kind of went by when judging these consoles and trying to figure out the best placement for everything. Uh, I feel okay about the list. Well, uh, we, we have <laughs> we have this list that we ranked them by. Um, we'll, we'll see if that holds up. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how well we, this lasts. It, it, we may have kind of lost it at the like after a little while. That's true. It may, I feel like once it reached a certain point, I feel like we were kind of speed running it. <laughs> but then again, we also kind of knew what was going to be like the top. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we knew what was going to kind of be the top. Um, but I figure with all that said, we got it, how we rank these and everything. Boys, anything that you guys want to shout out before we actually jump on this list? Uh, shout out to, of course, Gamescom this week. Sonic Frontiers is being sent out to die. <laughs> so, <laughs> so moment of silence for Sonic Frontiers. 
Moments passed. Uh, yeah, so I, I still think back to what you said when we chat about that, that leaked release date where I pointed out, yeah, it was originally set to this, the, the actual date that it, we got, and then it, then it changed to November, I mean December 9th. And I remember you made a joke, John, where you were just like, yeah, I can see someone typing that up, like, all right, November 8th. Oh, fuck, that's God of War. December 9th. Oh, nope, that, they decided to say, bring it on to God of War. Yeah, I saw your tweet about that. I went, RIP Sonic. Yeah. I will say my favorite video by far about it. I don't know if I... Sh- I, I know I shared... You shared it. I don't know if I put it in the Discord, You though. didn't? Okay. It was... Someone put over... It was, uh, you know, the scene from, like, uh, one of the older Family Guy episodes where it's, like, a post-apocalyptic era or whatever, and Joe is, like, molded into the ground without his wheelchair, and uh, gi- the giant rat comes up to him, whatever. He's got Sonic Frontiers over Joe and God of War, you know, over the rat, and Joe's just like, bring it on! You know, it's... It's like, that's Sonic Frontiers right now. It's because the caption was, everyone getting out of the way for God of War. And meanwhile, Sonic Frontiers over here is ready to throw hands. I will say the stuff they show off for Sonic Frontiers looked awesome. I'm getting more and more excited for this game. Very weird marketing cycle for Sonic Frontiers. but It's been weird all around. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, anything that you guys want to shout out? Uh, anything from Gamescom or anything like that? Honestly, haven't been keeping up with Gamescom. It was actually a pretty good show. In From my, my understanding, it was really good. Yeah, I actually, it was the best Gamescom there's ever been, in my opinion. Gamescom's always been lackluster. Yeah, I caught, I caught some of like opening day stuff, and I mean, the part it's like from what I saw, I mean, it looked, it looked decent. I mean, Dead Island Two. Dead Island Two. We got yeah. rumors. Yeah. And I saw an article where one of the yeah, developers looks- Dead Island Two was like, "Yeah, we suddenly." Got a real burst of energy when we saw the Goat Simulator 3 parody trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. we suddenly really kicked it into high gear. <laughs> wow, there you go. There you go. I was going to say, the little trailer they did for that, that, that was an awesome little little sequence that they had. Yes. Yep. Like, that came up, and I was like, oh, okay. All right, <laughs> this, looks, this looks like it, they, they might be doing something now. Yeah, right. Dead, yep. the Dead Island tr- 2 trailer that came out was actually very nice and gives... A much different feel versus Dead Island. So, I mean, it looks hopeful. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, another thing that looks very helpful, last shout-out that I personally have, we can get into this for sure, is I did download the, the uh, Diofield Chronicle uh, demo. Play, been, I played about three or four hours into that. I am very excited for this game. Like, I had a lot of fun on the, dem- on the demo that I played. So, have you? I know you downloaded it. You have you played it yet? No, I've been playing, playing Saints Row. Highly recommend Highly recommend when you get a chance, uh, check it out. Check out the demo. It might be a while because I need to finish Saints Row, then I'm going to jump over to Soul Hackers. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, Diofield Chronicle, I am very, very pumped for this game coming out here in September. Uh, I guess uh, unless you guys got anything else, we can hit this. We can get into it. It's going to be a gonna be a beefy boy today. Not be- I don't think it'll be as beefy as uh, 50 video games you absolutely need to play. But Multiverses. It'll be, still be a beefy Morty's one. out. He's a prick. Murder him. <laughs> Murder him. Is it like the same level of just like, hey, you just remove him from the game, please? <laughs> oh, no, it's not that okay, bad. Okay, not that bad. Okay. He's okay. pretty technical, though. But yeah. people, when you find, come across a good one, you're just going to hate him. Yeah, it's just gonna, your life's going to be miserable sort of thing. It's like it, whenever you find a Steven Universe. No one plays fucking Steven Universe. But when you find a good one. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> it's always those oddball characters, man. It's always, it's every time that you find someone who's very good at that character, and it's just like your life's hell. Your life's absolute miserable hell. Funny thing about multiverse is just a little off off topic because I didn't I didn't expect you to bring it up again. Uh, a coworker of mine started playing it. And he was talking to me. He's like, "Hey, have you been playing this?" I went, "Yeah, I played some. I haven't played it as much lately." He was, he was like, "Who you play?" I went, "Superman." He just left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> he walked away. 
He's like, all right, we're done with this conversation. <laughs> You're dead to me. Yeah, this is the done conversation. <laughs> oh, God. All right, boys, let's get into the list. Uh, I'll kick things off here at number 25, and I'll kick things off because I want to make my opinion known on this, which will happen, I think, multiple times hey, hey, from you, especially me. You got outvoted. Just read it. Listen, I know. <laughs> I was willing to let the three-to-one vote slide. By the way, the caption under this episode is going to be, this is the fighting cat podcast. Yes, exactly. Coming in at number 25. <laughs> as is no surprise. <laughs> from three of us. <laughs> Fuck both of you. The Wii U coming in at dead last of the 25. Listen, I understand. <laughs> I understand the beef with the Wii U. Like, look, when it comes to the Wii U coming in at dead last, all right, well, I'm a big fan of this console because of the games that were on it. It was a really unique concept. Unfortunately, unique concept didn't hit home. So why it's ranked so low is pretty obvious. It had no exclusives at launch. I mean, it's only exclusive, I think, was just like, uh, it, there was at least one Mario game, but yes. it wasn't like anything top tier or phenomenal. Like, I think it was just like another new Super Mario Brothers, essentially. Other than that, it took a long time for the exclusives to bring come to the console. Now, when it comes to those exclusives, obviously that is one of the highest ways that we rank these consoles. These exclusives are, I saw that, these are very good exclusives from Nintendo to the point that pretty much every single one of them, except maybe only two that I can think of, have gotten a second chance at life on the Switch and has done very well on the Switch, including Mario Kart 8 becoming the highest selling Switch game of all time. Granted, it's kind of a cheat code. It was bundled with a Switch for a long time. It's kind of like a Wii Sports situation. No, either way. Uh, the only ones I can think of is like Xenoblade Chronicles X and Star Fox uh, Zero Mission are the only ones that have yet to get ported. Pretty much everything else has. And like I said, they've done well on the Switch. But now, when it comes to like these exclusives being good, and I will defend them for that right, the problem is... They didn't move the console. And when it comes to the console, it also failed because of Nintendo's marketing strategy. Myself included, who is the biggest Nintendo fan in this room, when the Wii U was announced, I didn't realize it was a new generation of console. I just thought it was like an Xbox One X or a PS4 Pro. Nobody realized And that's that. what everyone realized, and it just kind of failed. But there's a lot of great games on this console, like you know, like Nintendo Land that came bundled with it. I still really enjoy that game to this day. The Mario Party games are lackluster simply because of the whole team party thing, but like the Bowser mode on Mario Party, 10 was actually phenomenal and a lot of fun to play super smash brothers on that generation was a lot of fun as well among many others that of course been ported up to the switch but unfortunately the cells speak for themselves on this one and plus just again the exclusives while good yes didn't move the console unfortunately you know what's still funny though we got the wii u and we got our feelings on that then we got the switch and their next thing yep. they thought was let's also sell cardboard yes Yes. <laughs> Fucking Labo. <laughs> but yes, Wii U comes in at number 25, which I, I, look, my argument for the Wii U, let me make this known, was not dead last. I wasn't trying to bump, bump it out of the bottom five. I just didn't want it dead last. That was the only thing I wanted. Something well, had to suffer. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, it, the problem is it had to be dead last because at number 24, there's no way I was going to let the PS Vita yep. be dead last. Let's jump to the because Vita. because the the Vita, I mean, the Vita. Honestly, I I think me and Alex have both said this. It's we feel it was ahead of its time. Yep, it was it was a great concept, just not really capitalized on and not the also didn't really have the best marketing for it. Mm -mm. It was kind of there, but 
the biggest selling point of the Vita was the like the ability to play your PS4 games on the go yep. with like streaming to it and that and connected to it, which is a great concept. But I mean, you got to have something to actually sell it other than that. And unfortunately for the for the Vita, didn't really have it. Yep. It, it like it didn't it didn't have the best catalog of games outside of just playing what was ever on your PS4. Yeah, and that's the one thing that we really want to stress here is that like in a lot of people's list, they may have the Vita a lot higher if they took this same set of consoles that we have and ranked it. Probably be a lot higher simply because PS4 has got a lot of great games. Okay, it does has one of the best catalogs out there in our opinion. So it's like, why wouldn't the Vita be higher? Well, again, when you look at the entire catalog and the exclusives, like John is saying, it didn't have anything to sell it. Really, its only selling point and it only targets a certain fan base is it has one of the best RPGs ever created with Persona 4 Golden. Like, that was its only selling point. Yeah. Which, you know, is a good selling point for people who like JRPGs, but outside that, what's your selling points? PS Vita was just unfortunately ahead of its time. If PS Vita came out, like you know, years later, right? Like a, maybe around now or, you know, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, it'd be a banger. It'd probably be a lot higher on this list. I think we can all agree to that, but just ahead of its time. Um, number 23, Zach, what do we got? <laughs> I forgot that's just what you put on there. Yep, the, oh, I put one thing for this. Yeah. <laughs> See Zach. He, he, when he was asking about it, I think you had walked away to go, what do yeah, I put for, probably. what do I put here? And I went, so, See Zach. So <laughs> for 23, we have... The infamous Sega Saturn. So, a Sega and Saturn, to, to what some people may be surprised about, actually came out after the Genesis. But in in true Nintendo fashion, it sold less than Genesis. But it did. It was its controller was very wonky. Its UI was actually okay. And the thing, the big thing about it. The Sega Saturn had a lot of very good franchises on it, which, despite the Saturn, survived the Saturn, moved on, because, like, it had Daytona USA. It had the first Soul Haggers. It had freaking X-Men versus Street Fighter, which is still a random-ass fighting game I remember playing in a freaking Toys R Us. And overall, the console itself was rough. But its catalog was fantastic. Many of those games actually managed to continue franchises, and we've actually seen a couple re got got remade a couple years later. But overall, Saturn was rough. It's at twenty three. Could it have done better? God, I prayed it could have, but it didn't. But it was still a fun console for the time it was and the games it gave us. But it also had a great follow up because coming in at number twenty two, we have. Hello. Hey, John. (laughs) No, uh, coming in at 22 is one of my personal favorites, Uh, which it's unfortunate it's as far down as it is, but we got to be realistic. We have the Dreamcast. Yes. Which, I mean, Dreamcast, I mean, it is what it is. I love the console. I had it. I I had a lot of fun with it. It's like, I had it. I loved it. It's got a very awkward, weird controller. It's up there for one of the weirder controllers. Weird, yes. Uh, I give them A plus for creativity. Yeah, but yeah, that's it's, that's it's, about it. It's got a, <laughs> it's a weird design. It's just kind of it's awkward, but it had some pretty fun little accessories for it too. Yeah, it it's did. like the little it's like the little memory card that you yep. plugged into the controller. Which I don't know why that was ever a, a thing that like 
con like I think it was just kind of trying to capitalize on like what Tomodachi's and stuff because it was like yeah. that was like what ninety. Well, 90s, I mean, the sixty four ended up doing well, I mean, it later. It was the same thing. Yeah, like sixty four, it's like yeah. oh, some of these consoles they just they wanted everything to plug into the controller, but yeah. it had but like the little memory card for it would plug in there and it had a little LCD screen on it, which had would like put a logo or some moving images on it. Real gimmicky, but it was it was an interesting interesting little uh like side note to it to make it a little more fun. But I mean there were a lot of great games on the on the Dreamcast. The the big one of the biggest problems for it was it came out and had to go up against the PS1. Yep. Which 299. Yeah. That <laughs> that, that kind of says everything there. Yep. But I mean the thing was, I mean, when you compare the Dreamcast to the PS One, I mean, unless unless you just happen to have the Dreamcast over it, the PS One was just overall like better. Yep. So I mean, it, it it's unfortunate that it had to go up against it at, at that time. And for anyone watching this show that may not be familiar with the two ninety nine thing, uh, when the Dreamcast was announced that it was at E three back in the day, when E three was a very different show than what it became, this was a very different version of E three. Uh, Sega, you know, released the Dreamcast where it was available right then and there. It's like, yeah, you can, you can leave this conference right now, go to your local Walmart or whatever, and pick up a Dreamcast. So then to compete with Sony launching their console, the head of Sony at the time just walked up to the podium, literally just said two ninety nine and walked away because it was significantly cheaper than the Dreamcast, and that alone killed the Dreamcast. Which also leads us into the next one, number 21. So 21, we have the PS1. Yep. Great console, started a generation. One of the first consoles to move from cartridges to disc, which was really nice. Just like Dreamcast, yeah. Yes. And also, thing note that we didn't put on, it was also the first set of consoles and games that were went from hard polygon to 3D model, modeling. Yep. yep. Something both these did, yeah. Yes. As well as analog controls and all that fun stuff. Just overall, it was a console that helped lead in the next generation of the consoles and everything. Not a whole lot of exclusives. Then again, we still didn't have a concept of exclusives yet, really, to be honest, besides... Nintendo being... Nintendo and, and Sega. And, and really, yeah, Sega with, like, Sonic. That was, yeah. That was, that was our concept of exclusive at this yes. point. But started nice generation. Moved from cartridge to disc. Um, actually, I mean... PS1 was sort of like one of the first compact consoles, too, because besides before that, all of them were sort of slightly bulky. bulky. Yeah. 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 Dreamcast and PS1 both are on the slimmerish side. Yeah. 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 And when you know, we're sitting here, like, you know, saying PS1's a good console, it's like, well, it's a good console. But you got a bottom five. Yeah. Just because, like, I'm sorry. Look, it's the worst PlayStation, but it did launch the PlayStation. But out of every PlayStation we've got, it's the worst one. I'm sorry. I mean, for the time <laughs> when it came out, it was fantastic. Yes, exactly. In yeah. hindsight, 2020, what we got down the line. You're not going back to the PS1. No. Let's be honest, people. Yeah. The other thing about the list is, yeah, these consoles, they're in the bottom five. It does not mean they are bad consoles. No, not in the least. I guess except for the Wii U. (laughs) It's dead, Alex. Nintendo has killed it themselves. I know. They moved on from that very quickly. I get it. Just because these are in the bottom five does not mean they're worse than the other consoles. It's just... I mean, something has to be at the bottom. Yeah. Look on the bright side. At least you're not the virtual boy. Got to look. Yeah, you got to look on the bright side for that. You're not the virtual boy. You're not the worst thing ever. Uh, and also, when it comes to uh, you know consoles 
you know, you know, PS One and Dreamcast starting off with actually fully transitioning over to discs. The next console here on our list, they actually attempted to do some disc stuff. Yeah, the Genesis, Sega yeah, at Genesis, num- at number twenty. What do we got? At number Let's twenty. Chat, chat about so it. Sega Genesis was the competitor against SNES, if I remember correctly, or was it NES? It was uh, NES. Yeah, I think it was NES because yeah. this was early nineties. Yes, and. I mean, it was phenomenal. I mean, I was still playing in Genesis in the 90s, and as I stated when we were making this list, I had a Saturn. Then I upgraded to a Genesis. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that's the main thing to take away here. He upgraded to a Genesis even though it came first. Like That's the big thing to keep in mind here. <laughs> I mean, in terms of like exclusives, the real... I mean, there was like Killer in- Instinct yeah, yeah. for fighting games, but it had Sonic, which was the big seller for Genesis like, was... Four or five versions of Sonic. Yes. Yeah. Because it what Sonic to Sonic and Knuckles, pretty much. It was like Sonic, Sonic two, Sonic three, Sonic and Knuckles, which you know nowadays those two are just bundled together, but they yes. were two separate games. And then with the Genesis Sega CD, uh, that's when you had Sonic CD, which introduced Metal Sonic. And then I think there was like the Sonic fighting game, Sonic yes. Fighters. Yeah, that was on there too. That's awful N- well, looking no, nowadays. That might have been Saturn actually. Okay, at least those five was the Genesis. I forgot when Fighters came out, but those five were the Genesis. And that's Fi- a great lineup of Sonic Fighters games. Fire sounds like Saturn now that you yeah. say that because that's a great lineup of Sonic games. <laughs> yes. So I mean, overall, it was a great competitor with the NES at the time when it came out. Controller was nice. It was simple. It was different from the Nintendo, but it was actually a very simple controller, nice to ha- handle and everything. Simple button layout. UI was nice. It went fine for the systems at the time. And then, I mean, I never really had an issue with my Genesis. Anything just quick. Snap in, turn on, go. And Nintendo, I would occasionally have to do the tried and true. Even though it literally says <laughs> in the back, don't blow in the cartridge. The number one rule in gaming that has constantly been broken. <laughs> but, all right. So, hopping over to the next one. Uh, and this one, you know, for people watching this, this could potentially be a controversial take. I don't know. It depends. It depends on the person watching, okay? But coming in at number 19... We got the PlayStation 5. Woo! Yeah. We got the, the beautiful PlayStation 5 that's right here behind me. Okay. Freaking death machine. Basically. All right. So here's our stance when it comes to the PlayStation 5 and even the Xbox series, which, spoiler alert, is coming soon. Uh, they're just too new. There's too new, and there's been such a problem with this generation of getting the consoles where a lot of people have had the worst time getting one shout out to john just got his ps5 this week (laughs) shout out to that uh you know these consoles most notably the playstation has just been an absolute hell to get a hold of and because of covid and everything else going on there's been constant delays as we've continued to chat about on game static over like a year and a half now and that has hurt the library for both of these games i mean to give a further example when the ps5 launched you had like um you had demon souls the remake that launched with it you ratchet had Sp- and no not ratchet no. and clank no that, i was about to reference that one yeah. though you had miles morales which that was a surprise it welcomed one ratchet and clank was supposed to be a launch title it got pushed back up until june you know and that's just to give one example we talk we will talk about xbox here soon but the just the constant delays that these consoles have faced has made it where it's like while the console's great super powerful in ps5's case one of the best controllers ever made 
you don't have many exclusives. I mean, yes, you can play everything the PS5 had, and that's awesome. But again, the exclusives is one of the big, or the PS4. Yeah. I, as soon as I saw you look <laughs> over, I realized what I said. Yes. Uh, you can do everything the PS4, uh, the PS4 had, and that's great. But again, if you don't have a ton of exclusives, that does hurt. Now, while there has been continued to come out with more exclusives over time, that's going to help, you know, that's helped carry the console in some capacity. There's just still not enough. I mean, Look, I understand people listening could be like, oh, but we had Miles Morales. We had Demon Souls. We had Ratchet and Clank. We had... Returnal. Thank you. That's exactly the exact game I was thinking of. We had Returnal. Uh, we have Last of Us Part 1. Fuck that game. Uh, and among others that have come out since. Like, yes, I get it. Like, if you're a fan of all of those, that's great. That's great for you. But, like, there's still not enough coming out. And especially with how Sony's handled the cross-gen thing, it's clearly how they're handling it is because we're not ready for the next gen because of shortages and everything along yes. those lines. And also this one being a little bit lower, uh, the news that came out this week also kind of hurts it where for the fir- really the first time ever in gaming history, got a price increase in yep. every market except here. So that also hurts the PS5 in this case. <laughs> I was just going to add... <laughs> Which is wild. Un- insane. I was going to add just one thing because you said you, you referenced the uh, one of the best controllers ever made, PS5. Yep. Shout out to the fact that we are getting the, uh, the DualSense yes. 5 was Edge. It Edge. Yes. I've been yeah, waiting for a PS5 DualSense I, I Pro got, controller. I got way more excited for that than I should have. Dude, me too. Like, I love the DualSense so fucking much. So when I saw that Pro controller announced at Gamescom, I got so pumped. I'm just like, bro, let's go. Because the Xbox Series Elite 2, I actually have mine right over here. Awesome controller, and I wanted something like that from Sony. So I'm glad we're getting it, especially in the DualSense form. I'm so pumped for that. But when it comes to the PS5, Obviously, the future is insanely bright. There are so many incredible games coming out, but there's just not enough right now to push us to you know make it higher. And John was the one yeah, that was hard. I was going to I was going to say if any, <laughs> if anybody's a little frustrated with how low these are, you can look right over here. Yeah. <laughs> just comment on the YouTube. This man doesn't have a Twitter, so just comment on the YouTube yeah. and bitch at him about it. Hey, <laughs> hey, based on based on every metric we are looking at for it, these do it's like these newer consoles do not meet the requirements to get any high. I set a hard limit and then I got them yep. a little bit lower even still. <laughs> yep. Uh, jumping over to the next one. Like I just said, spoiler alert, Xbox series. Now I want the record to be known that I think this one should be a little bit higher, just a little bit. And we'll, I, I'll tell you exactly where here soon. But anyway, Xbox series, everything I just said about the PS5 applies to the series. Now, the reason why the series is higher is because you it's more easily available. I mean, the Series S is made with different components than the Series X or either of the PlayStations. With the PlayStations, digital or disc version are all made with the same components, and that's what's made it so difficult to get a hold of. The Series S is made with some slightly different components, which has made it readily available. We could go to a store right now and get a Series S, but also... There's we can go to a store right now to get a Series X. I happen yes. to see that earlier. Like our I've local, seen several lying around. Our our local Best Buy has Series X in stock right now. Like you know, they're more readily available. This ser- this console is so much more readily available than the PS5. You can go down to Target and we can buy a fridge of it. Hell yeah! Shout out to the fridge right here behind me. <laughs> I did yeah. I did actually see those recently. Shout out to the fridge, baby. Let's go. <laughs> we can get one of we can get one of each console and a fridge. Before someone can get a PS5 delivered, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Now, even though... Now, now, let's talk about the games for the series, okay? The series has a very, very poor lineup of series-only games. Like, right. you know, the PS5 has a better lineup of exclusives than the series. The reason we have the series above the PlayStation 5 is simply because of availability. PlayStation 5 is like gold. 
Like, you just can't get a hold of it until as of yeah. recently. The series, you can at least get your hands yeah. on and play a next-generation console. Yeah. Speak, and, speaking to that, shout-out to Alex for randomly sending me <laughs> a, uh, like, the, link, it, the, yeah. the Twitter link yeah. to it yeah. uh, the other day, like, where I could actually get in queue to get it. Yeah. No, like, I, ha- I happened to hop on Twitter, and the tweet came from GameSpot, where it's like, PlayStation Direct has PS5s in stock, and the tweet was posted 22 seconds ago. It just happened to pop on there. I'm like, I need to send that to John. <laughs> and, I mean, the only thing that just keeping Xbox Series go- golden right now, even without them having their exclusive, is Game Pass. Game Pass has evolved to a whole new level. Dude, it's just so Because Game Pass has evolved and still has such a large collection of games and everything yep. actually i saw it earlier on twitter they have exactly 405 games right now on and game just Pass. added death stranding for pc oh yeah which that one came out of nowhere yeah so shout out to that fucking and, kojima and then of course with game pass in this series generation while xbox one started game pass yes the series has just further evolved what game pass is as a whole where to be honest game pass is microsoft's business model not the xbox and that's yeah. just a fact that's where it's transitioned yeah. to yeah. where it's like you've gotten add-ons in this generation with ea play being added on which yep. has been a very nice addition so like stuff like the uh 10 hour free trials of some of the sports games is available so that's cool you don't have to necessarily waste your money shout out to that because i played about two hours madden 23 and said wow this is worse than the past three maddens i'm not buying this plus other various games on ea play to uh to check out now like mass effect yes i do have legendary edition download. and andromeda yes yeah well Yes, but anyway. And now I will say one, you know, besides the lack of exclusives, which ultimately just comes down to the multiple delays that we had, one also negative is the the lack of controller upgrades. There was one button added onto the controller, which is like what a share feature. Yeah, it's a share feature. That's it. And like it's funny because now that it's even come out and we've got the dual sense and everyone loves the dual sense, even Phil Spencer's just like yeah, I kind of wish that we did something different with the controller. That's my only gr- regret with the series right now. <laughs> But overall, I mean, the series, just like the PlayStation 5, has an unbelievably bright future, especially with everything coming out of Bethesda and the purchase of Activision Blizzard and just other, what other studios have up their sleeve as well coming in the near future that we know of. The future's bright, just a little too young to... Is High uh, put- on Life exclusive? Yes, yes, High on Life is exclusive. Yep. Okay, that and, weird game. Yeah, and that's coming out here soon. So, unfortunately, they just cannot be higher in this list, but one of, but one of them should be. And I'm about to fucking argue that here in a minute. But anyway. Unlikely. Uh, I know. Let's go to number 17. What do we got? Number 17, uh, we we got the 3DS, uh, which, I mean, the 3DS slight upgrade to the, to the DS with I mean adding in 3D capabilities but I mean and a bigger screen. Yeah, the bigger screen is nice, but the 3D capabilities I mean honestly did anybody actually use the 3D capabilities after the first couple hours of playing them unless it was like required? Yes, for Phoenix Wright. I tried the 3D capabilities in a Best Buy and I said, "Wow, I'm never going to use this." And I never yeah. did. It's <laughs> one, it's one of those where you, you you it's like everybody used it like the first little bit that they had it just to see, watch it and then yep. you, you you used it, and you're like, okay, this one, the game just runs better when you don't have it on. True. But overall, I mean, the only, the the 3DS, while it is a bigger screen, it's nicer to have that, like, larger area to play your games in. And, I mean, of course, Nintendo, they started releasing their newer games specifically for the 3DS, mm-hmm. like, once it had come out, so to incentivize you to buy it. So it did end up having like a decent amount of games specifically for it. But at the same time, it was also, it ended up 
mostly being the just the new DS that you had to play all your DS games on. Yeah. Which is why it doesn't really make it much higher on the list. Yeah, and another thing that doesn't make it much higher is just like what he's talking about with the 3D capabilities because the true number one selling point for the 3DS is it's a Nintendo handheld. But in Nintendo's mindset, the main selling point is its name, 3D. I mean, that's its main selling point, and no one fucking used it to the point they released the secondary models of the 2DS because no one used the 3DS. Yes. Now, the one area where 3DS does excel very well is they had, like, the 3DS probably excels better at this than any other console on this entire list that we have is the 3DS went unbelievably hard on special edition consoles like they have like the biggest catalog of special edition 3ds and they all look very nice they all look very nice and that's a huge credit i have the i have the pokemon y yeah 3ds and i mean it's it's still a phenomenal looking console and i have persona q but yeah all the different zelda one i think it's over there all the different (laughs) variations one of of the zelda ones all the different variations of it all look amazing they're all phenomenal but I don't want, you know, it's like, I don't want to buy 37 different 3DSs. Yeah. And I was about to say, one step forward, they went, I don't know about y'all's, but I know with the Persona Q one, they even had a unique uh, just home screen. It did, yeah. Yeah. It had a unique home screen, utilized Nintendo eShop very well. Mm-hmm. You know, that is one thing that did well. You know, our thing about the 3DS, you know, because this is, you know, still like technically on the bottom half of this list, is its main selling feature, which is, unbelievably subpar yeah. to the point where they just canned it and so, made 2DSs yeah. and then the catalog was okay. Yeah. The the console itself is solid. I mean yeah. it was a Nintendo handheld just like a a larger DS basically, but at the end of the day its main selling gimmick was not the Ideal. reason people bought it. They bought yeah. it so they could get the newer games that were coming out on it. Yeah. Now, it was also a good first step in the right direction for handheld 3D gaming, which we're going to talk about the next step in that direction later on in this episode. Uh, now, jumping over from there, we do have one that I very violently disagree with, but it is what I, it is. I've, I've, I've somehow got him to agree and just like pushed him back. I'm that not sure what we're I, talking because 16, we got Xbox One. This he Alex was very very against this, but I just beat him down with logic. <laughs> I mean, I apparently walked away from that conversation because I mean, Xbox One. I mean, out of the all of us, I'm the only one who kept with it. Yeah, we abandoned it. Pretty I was about to say I'm literally the only one who really kept with it. I mean, I had a PS4 and Xbox One, and I used my one more. I mean. Its launch was really bad. Let's just be honest. Because I remember that conference of them telling all the things that they were going to do with the Xbox One and just immediate backlash. Yep. Like the, oh, it's always gonna, it has to always be connected to the internet to be accessed stuff. And people were hard backlash. Was like, well, now it's not because of that. And on, in hindsight, guess what, people? They still did it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like a master class in how to not like communicate properly yes is is them introducing the xbox one yes and it was just a hard backlash and what i mean it hurt i mean all the things that they said and got backlash with for the most part they did still did most of it and we just sort of accepted it they just didn't outright go like hey this is here it was just like this is a feature it's now yours (laughs) i mean the ui was pretty rough initially they've changed a couple times and made it better where it's just consistent. I mean, it's now the same UI that they're now using for the Series X and all that fun stuff. Um, 
I mean, it launched the Elite Controller, which is phenomenal. The customizable buttons, change buttons, pressures, and all that fun. Phenomenal controller setup for that. Even at their high price point for a controller, I mean, it's still an excellent controller. Start of the Game Pass, which, as anyone who's used it, is a phenomenal deal. To the point where PlayStation had to make their own shit. Um, especially with all the Day One exclusives thing, which was a real hard push for it. Of just, hey, Day One exclusives. You don't want to pay for it? It's on Game Pass. Try it. Let's go. Uh, improvements from the 360 era of just all the power and concepts and screen resolutions, all that fun stuff. Because like going from 360 to 1 was phenomenal going over. And then from 1 to 1X with the 4K. Um, I forgot you had a 1X. Yeah. I still got all three of You're those. You're the suckers. only person I've known that's ever bought a One X. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea anyone that's bought a PS4 Pro either. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I bought a One X, and the 4K was, it was peak. It was nice. I also happened to buy a 4K TV at the same time with it. So fair enough. It was a nice bundle. And we have accessories category of all, but I don't know what fucking accessories this thing had. Oh, that was what you were pitching. Was it? Yeah. Wasn't he the one that said that? That's the only reason I typed it on there is that they had a lot of great accessories. Nah, I think I distracted you when I when I sent you the, the, the Game Boy <laughs> screenshot. I was about to say, I don't know what accessories you, you're talking about. because I, I swear that was you talking about Because I don't remember <laughs> the Xbox One having any fucking accessories. I don't either. That was I swear that was you. That was you that said that. I don't believe it was, so we're just going to scrap that one because okay. if it did have accessories, I fucking missed okay. them. I just want the record to be known that I think the series should be above the Xbox One. That's my stance on this whole thing. Xbox One almost killed the Xbox brand as a whole. That was my argument. But like John said, he beat me down with logic, unfortunately. <laughs> the, th- the thing is, every every metric that we were using to even look at these consoles, the one beats out the series so far a year from now you can swap these places anytime you want a year from now the one's going down to 25 and the wii u's going to 24 (laughs) a year from now that's not fucking happening come on by that time the wii u will literally be not useless because there will be nothing fucking functional on it that's that's fair (laughs) that's where we're at we're in the end times of the 3ds the wii u that's fair. That's fucking fair. Nintendo is straight killing those. They are. Yeah, they're trying to get away from that that generation as quickly as fucking possible. But speaking of other Nintendo consoles, what we got at fifteen, John? At fifteen, we got the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color. Now, you want to talk about kind of setting the tone for handheld gaming? This is probably where the accessories thing goes because he pulled that bullshit yeah, this photo. Is, this is what I was saying. That's, <laughs> that's why I said I probably he probably put it in the wrong category. Because uh, for the accessories, after we talked about it for a little while, I just sent Alex like this screenshot of like of a pimped all out the, Game Boy, all <laughs> of the different accessories that were available for the for the Game Boy, uh, like the different grips and all the magnifying and lights and everything on it to make it a monstrosity. Yeah, I had no idea it had half of those. Oh yeah, shout out to the there's, printer as well. It also had a printer. Yeah, <laughs> you could plug up to it. Yeah, there's there's a great video of because the screenshot shot was just it assembled but there's like a minute long video of the guy connecting everything to it and it's just funny to watch but yeah the game boy game boy and game boy color i mean really set the tone for handheld gaming yep i mean these days you look back at the catalog and it may not have all of the greatest games in the world it may not have the deepest catalog but it had some big hitters i mean you had you had your mario games you had metroid uh 
Link's Awakening. It, yeah, I mean, like some of the Link's, first Wario Lands. Uh, both yeah. the Oracle games, some of the, still some of the best Zelda games out there. Yeah, and uh, uh, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Yep. Uh, really, really set the, everything in motion for yep. Pokemon and some of these other game, like franchises as far as moving into the handheld market. Yep. Uh, like, with it, it's, it's kind of one of those where they were great, but kind of everything that came out afterwards, I mean, you can really play all of those games on what came out afterwards, and it's like they had some like improvements on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like they've made their way a little bit higher up. But Game Boy and Game Boy Color, I, I'm I'm happy with where they landed because I did not think they were going to make it this far. Because it's like. <laughs> Top fifteen, uh, yeah. It's it's <laughs> like they 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 almost they almost got cold a little bit a little bit before this. Yeah, true, true. And honestly, the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color, there is an argument that it could even go up one more spot potentially. I mean, you know, this next one we're going to shout out. These two could honestly swap at any given day if you really think about it, just depending on our mood. Uh, coming at number fourteen, we have another handheld. We have the PSP. Um, so the only real negatives when it comes to the PSP is there's really mostly two and then another kind of half negative. The main one is it's a Sony handheld. <laughs> that's, that's the main negative, unfortunately. And the other negative would of course be those UMD disc, which cool at the time, very unique. They did ultimately obviously flop and have never been used again. <laughs> it's like the GameCube disc. Yeah, it, basically, exactly. Uh, and then the other, other kind of you know half negative is that it didn't have the biggest catalog in the world. But the thing is, the catalog that it did have is absolutely phenomenal. Now, obviously, we were very you know harsh on the PS Vita earlier on because it's just ahead of its time, and its exclusive catalog was lacking. I mean, it had a great catalog in theory because it just borrowed from the PS4, and but the PS Vita exclusives weren't really there as much. Not so much for the PSP. There was a lot to offer with the PSP with a wide, not wide, but, you know, the catalog they did have was phenomenal. There's I mean, a lot of PSP games that I want. I just bought another PSP again recently. Sony went hard on PSP just because yes. that was their... Competing with the DS at the time. And it was their in-between 2 and 3, so they didn't really have anything going during that time. Yep. So they pushed hard for the PSP on putting stuff out on it. Yeah, and yeah. they did, and they created a bunch of phenomenal games. Yeah, PSP is one of the few, like, hand few consoles where i bought multiple of them because i I think i've bought three psps and i've lost three psps oh no because <laughs> every time i would lose it i would buy it and i would rebuy the games that i lost yeah just to keep playing them right because it's like the psp i mean psp was just great it was i love the psp and it was also one thing that was also kind of a nice like selling point for us to put it here at 14 is that it also did kind of uh push forward the portable on-the-go access to, like, TV and movies that you could buy as well in those UMD discs. You know, Game Boy Advance flirted with that, where you could buy cartridges that had TV shows. I actually had one. I think it was a Drake and Josh episode, which was... That was just a wild concept at the time. But, like, the uh, uh, the PSP, you know, really took that step forward because at that time period, you know, smartphones was really wasn't really a thing yet yeah. I mean, we're, we're still getting there in mobile phones where you know now we can just i can pull up whatever movie or show i want right here psp was kind of like starting to lay the foundation or kind of like predicting the future of what is to come to have all that content all in one content package music tv everything at your fingertips and psp I, excelled well at that i remember a couple of people i knew who had psps who used them more as like music players rather yep. than yep. uh games so yep. yeah it, it really was like you said that all-in-one kind of content package yep. 
just wrapped up in Sony's weird way of doing it. Yep. You know, shout out to also the all-in-one sort of content package that was attempted of that video game cell phone. You guys remember that? No. No. Yeah, it was it was one of the, it was one it was a cell phone in base form, but the, like the slide up instead of being a keyboard was game controls. Wasn't that just a BlackBerry? It might have been a BlackBerry. It might have been a BlackBerry that created that phone, yes. But I mean, the whole concept of the phone was to be a video game console. Shout out to anyone who knows what a BlackBerry is. That's true. Shout out to those <laughs> days. But uh, yeah, coming in at number 13, we have. Coming in at number 13, we have uh, what, what very well could be a lot of, at least our generation's first experience with, uh, with gaming is uh, the NES. The uh, the kickstart of everything Nintendo that we know and love and hate. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's fair. Back when Nintendo were straight gangsters. Yep. Yeah. It, this uh, is whenever they still had like uh, brothels and you know potentially still making appliances. What? Both, both things Nintendo did. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> both things I just said Nintendo did. Okay. Moving I, on. I missed that, but okay. <laughs> that is a thing. <laughs> Moving on from that. Uh yeah, the NES. I mean, it's it's. I don't think it's ever been looked upon as the greatest Nintendo console created. Nobody looks upon it as like the end all be all, but it's where it started. I mean, everything we have Nintendo pretty much starts at the NES. Yep. So it's like from there, it's just it's. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm losing my words for it there. Uh, but yeah, it's where it's the it's, it's what got us to where we are. I, was yeah. trying, I had a better way of saying it, but I lost the words. It's the foundation, through. you yeah. know, it is. I mean, it had all the first Mario's, of course, Zelda, Zelda 2, both launched on this, among others, Donkey Kong, Duck Hunt. Uh, yeah, Duck Hunt. Shout out to NES giving Zach a gun. Uh, you know, I think Metroid launched on this one as well. You know, Kid Icarus, which came back way later, obviously. Uh, I mean, it launched everything. You know, Nintendo for the most part, minus a few exceptions. You know, of like yeah. Mario Kart launched on Super NES, Star Fox launched on in you know, Super NES. But I mean, in NES, I mean, it launched Nintendo to what it is known today, where it got away from brothels and appliances. Both things yeah. they did, I swear. Yeah. The I knew about the appliances. Yes. The NES back in the days where you could go and rent your games. Ah, oh, shout out to those days, man. Uh, coming in at number 12. We have the SNES, right. which was the upgrade of the NES, giving us color controllers. Woo! A bunch of, along with a bunch of other franchises and all that fun stuff. And, and great games. Yes. From the continuation of the Donkey Kong Countries, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in Time, uh, Mario Kart. Super Mario World, World, Link to the Past, Past, still one of the you know the most notable Zelda games. Super Mario RPG, one of my favorite RPGs out there, and one that we did recommend in our 50 games you need to play. Super Metroid, still considered one of the best Metroid games. Star Fox, list goes on. Yeah, but I mean that's the main selling point for us, at least with the SNES. It was just overall um, upgrade that the NES needed, more usable controller with the rounded ends instead of the square box. That you wanted to put through your TV at times. Um, e- controls felt smoother, even though it was mostly the same. Just overall better. Kirby Land games, too. Oh, yeah. That, sh- that, that had Dreamland, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Dreamland was still, is still considered one of the best Kirbys as well. I just remember playing Kirby games and swallowing characters and summoning them as allies and being very confused, but okay with this. Because <laughs> I was just like, oh, Kirby's making friends. Yeah. And then I went to kindergarten and tried to eat 
fight another kid and it didn't work out. So. Oh, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> of course, also had Donkey Kong Country, you mm-hmm. know, one of the most notable games in history there. You know, shout out to the uh, competition cartridge that was at our local game exchange not long ago. Sold that for like $2,000. $2,000. There's a video of that on YouTube if you're curious about that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Super NES, that was actually my first console personally. And uh, it, I hold so many memories for it because there's just so many amazing games. And it's just like a lot of people like to put this higher on the list, and I can see a very fair argument there. It's just like it was stuff that's come on, coming up later on the list, you know, changed gaming and just had some incredible, ca- ca- you know, uh, incredible catalogs to go with it. So... Uh, coming in at number 11, um, you know, another step in just the right direction when it comes to handheld gaming, we have the Game Boy Advance. Uh, the Game Boy Advance, still to this day, just has one of the biggest and greatest gaming catalogs out there, at least for, like, obviously handheld gaming, but I would even take away just handheld gaming and just say gaming. I mean, I own a pretty decent amount of GBA games, and there's still, like, a list of like 40 fucking games that I would love to have. And that's what made the GBA so incredible is that it was an incredible upgrade from the Game Boy Color. And then it even got better when the Game Boy SP with the built-in light came in. And that just further evolved with like the D- the DS and everything. The PSP came out obviously after the GBA as well. Like, you know, that built-in light just kind of changed the game. Uh, and then, like I said, the catalog is one of the biggest selling points for why it got as high as it did, whether it had, you know, cause you know, it had gen three of Pokemon, which was incredible of Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, Fire, Red, Leaf, Green remakes of those was awesome. All of the Mega Man Battle Network games are awesome. Minish Cap, one of the best Zeldas out there, had some phenomenal Mario games. Mario and Luigi, those RPG games were absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, dude, the list is going to go on and on. Golden Sun has become an absolute cult classic there that people wish could get remade. I uh, had some great Yoshi games, some good Donkey Kong games, uh, Metroid Zero Mission, which I think was a remake of the second, and then Metroid Fusion, still one of the best Metroid games out there. Uh, and then just everything else that's on there. Plus, they did start doing the TV show stuff like I already mentioned. I mean, the Game Boy Advance, like, you just take a look at that catalog and you're just in awe of just like how much is there. There's just so much content when it comes to the Game Boy Advance. Uh, you guys ready to move over to 10? We're in the top 10 now. We're top here. 10. Yeah, we're here. Uh, coming in at number 10. We have the PS3. Now, let's go back to... so. We know the launch was bad. The launch was bad. Online's bad. We get it. Now it was free, though. It was free, but bad. We got the bad stuff out of the way. The price, $600, $600 launch price, terrible. That's the bad. Let's talk about the good. So here's the thing that some of y'all might not know. PS3 had streaming capabilities. <laughs> and yep. we're not like talking just like game streaming like some people know. No, you could like stream Twitch off this fucker. <laughs> Built in. Yeah. And, and I know that doesn't sound like much now in 2022 but in like what was this like 2007 or 2009 sticks out to me one of the two yeah that's unheard of yeah like, no, that, that, <laughs> very very we different. didn't have streaming <laughs> websites back then so that was a thing just like it had it and no one none of us realized it just because it wasn't a thing we did yet so i mean probably ps3 for having that and just really surprising me because yeah didn't know it had that that's actually pretty phenomenal for the ps3 um and a wi-fi it introduced us to Blu-rays. Which changed the game. Which, yeah, absolutely changed the games. Because I don't because it was Blu-rays or something else. I don't even know what Blu-ray was competing with back then. Mm, nothing really, was no, it? it was, it's there like, was something. There was a competitor, but okay. Blu-ray absolutely killed it. I don't remember what it was then. Yeah, nobody does because it got killed. Fair enough. It's like Circuit City. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's used went on for Blu-ray and gave us Blu-ray and just the phenomenal that was the Blu-ray disc and everything we enjoy about them now and all that fun stuff. Then also the games, several very good exclusives for series, um, the Order games, Killzone, um, everyone's favorite, J Star All Star. Oh man. <laughs> Hey, at least at least I got a uh, a Western release Japanese fighting game that has Suna in it. So yes. shout out to Hitman Reborn making it to the West in some capacity. The, the only way it ever will. One of Sony's <laughs> phenomenal exclusives from PS3 that's died, Fat Princess, <laughs> which was a almost a tower defense game, but it wasn't quite tower. You sent out soldiers, and it was literally them protecting a fat princess trying to get her food. Yes, yeah. I'll say shout out to the PS3 as well because. Uh, uh, PS3 is 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 kind of where I I I got my love for uh, JRPGs again. Yep. Uh, just I don't even remember when I got my first PS3, but I picked it up, started go uh, by like GameStop, just like looking through it. I'm like, holy shit, what are all these games over here? And started grabbing them. Man, yeah. it's like it was just it was like a haven of just everything I was looking for. Yeah, you and me went hard on Tales of Zillia when that came out on PS3. Yeah, it's like that it's like that was kind of my introduction and then it's like I just every every couple weeks would go down and and just browse the section, pick up new stuff and then just go play it and come back. Yeah. Which that's what a lot of PlayStation are good for, their JRPGs. I mean, we had some shooters in during the PS3 era, but it was mostly Japanese to western release games, which made it phenomenal. Yeah. And, like, when it comes to the PS3, it's like, again, you know, it had a bad launch um, because of that price. The online play was, while free, trash, yes. It's like, again, it, it set the standard for Blu-rays being the thing because its competitor 360 didn't do, do that yet. It didn't come to Xbox until the Xbox One. You know, so just like the PS Vita in this case, PlayStation 3 was ahead of its time in more ways than one. And it was one of the first two consoles to give us cordless controllers. That's also true. Yeah, that and, uh, you know, of course, 360. You know, GameCube had it, but it was shit. Yeah, that they had the wave yeah. one. It was not good. This it was, was natural, awful. natural cordless is what we're talking about. And again, you know, this is a situation of it of the console just being ahead of its time because that even still affects us today in 2022 with the processor they used called the cell processor, which has just caused constant problems in getting PS3 games to be natively on streaming con you know mm -hmm. uh, services such as like. You know, to this day with the PlayStation Plus revamp that came out, you can download PlayStation 1, 2, and like, of course, four games, like, you know, play it like that way. Meanwhile, PS3, you have to stream it, and it all comes back to that cell processor. But that library is just something to note. The things that it did for gaming with the Blu ray, built in Wi Fi and stuff, sub so 360, its competitor didn't have. It just really set a new standard. PS3 was kind of ahead of its time and, and in a sense, kind of underrated. And that's why we went ahead and put it up at number 10. Coming to number nine, though. Coming in at number nine, we got the uh, we got the OG Xbox. There you go, introduced by the Rock, baby. Yeah, it's like OG Xbox. I mean, kickstarts everything we know about Xbox today. Yep. Uh, all comes back to here. Introduce. It's like it had some online play, uh, but the the I mean, come on, Big Daddy of them all, Halo. Yep. Our which, if I'm not mistaken, was our number one. In our fifty game top fifty games, that you is, absolutely need to play that. We ended off our that list with the it's, Halo trilogy, yep. it, which it, it confuses me because I mean, for Xbox, it should have been Fantasy Star Episode Three. 
<laughs> All right, calm down. Not not episode three. That was the card game. So you calm down, sir. Oh, was episode three the card game? No, episode three was the card game. Okay, it was card was, revolution. It's over then there. It, then it was episode two. <laughs> episode one and two. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I mean, the Xbox, the Xbox, the original Xbox, really. A lot of our like the notable franchises for Microsoft that we have today. I mean this this is where they're coming from. I mean this is the start of it, but I mean the the reason I highlight Halo is Halo is I mean Halo is Microsoft's baby. Yeah. It is what sold that console oh, so, so hard, hard. And, it, and it's what brought people back to it, and that's yeah. the big thing. It's it's the one that for generations to it's like every generation since then that name is still bringing in people back to Xbox every time. And Microsoft yep. knew it because I remember from uh, E3 one year, during the year of the console wars, which was PS3, 360, and the Wii, funny enough, <laughs> and they had a little cinemat- cinematic where it had all three CEOs of each company at the time walking up, and for and the war thing. So for like Wii, for Nintendo, they had uh, Link and Mario roll up. Sony had... Kratos and I think um, it was who like, it was maybe like Ratchet or no, something. No, it wasn't Ratchet. It was the kill switch guy. Oh, okay. And then for Microsoft, they just had a pelican roll up and drop off Chief and the CEO. Of the time just looks back and he's just it's only me. <laughs> 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 uh, it, it, they they know what they have. Yes, yeah. it's exactly. Like, it's one of those where it's like Xbox. It's like it may not have had the original Xbox may not have had the deepest catalog of exclusives or anything like that, but the ones it did did exactly what they were supposed to, which is push the console. Yep. Which is why kind of why we have it as high rated as we do. Yeah. Regardless of what Jared says. That's true. And also me too, because I I actually had the Xbox a lot lower on my personal list, and it's because of the lack of catalog. But the main point is why it made it so high is because when it comes to exclusives, their goal is to push the console. Halo and Halo 2, most notably Halo 2, pushed this fucking console massively. Oh, yes. While the, the GameCube had... A couple of online capabilities like Fancy Star. Sega tried online capabilities being the first console to do so. That's cool and all. You were the first, but you weren't the first to really establish it. That was the Xbox. The Xbox established online play. PS2 even had some online capabilities that it was competing with, but it wasn't natural. This was built in. Xbox's purpose was for you to go online and play your games. And it established console gaming to what we have today, largely thanks to Halo 2 especially. And like again, the con- the catalog itself is not very deep, but what it did have pushed the console. It also has one of my favorite games of all time. Shout out to Conquer Live and Reloaded. Love that game. Uh, but that is what really pushed the Xbox to be as high as it did, is that it not only had a successful launch, but it launched one of the greatest franchises in gaming history and revolutionized online console gaming forever. And that's why it ended up making it into the top 10. I mean, one of the underdogs that xbox is fusion frenzy that's also true it was a party game that was unheard yep all right uh coming at number eight and i want to give this a shout out because if you're watching this you can and we stated at the beginning of this show what consoles we're talking about right current three publishers and sega you can very easily do some process of elimination and kind of figure out what's going to be here in the top eight i want the record to be known here i'm the only hardcore nintendo fanboy on this podcast i just want that record to be known up front, we're not hard Nintendo fanboys. I'm just saying that because, again, you do process elimination, you can figure out what's here in the, in the top eight. <laughs> also, 
Also, while he is the Nintendo fanboy, I am the reason a lot of these made it as high as they did. That's the one who had all the good reasons for why some of these got so high. Exactly. You didn't fight for shit. I I fought for a couple things, thank you. I just wanted that record to be known because I feel like people are going to hear these next top eight, right? And hear like that the ratio and be like, oh, this is just a Nintendo fanboy. It's not, trust me. <laughs> it's not at all. Trust me. I can't I can't. There are reasons they're here. <laughs> I came armed with some valid logic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, coming in at number eight, we have the Nintendo 64. Nintendo 64 is a childhood nostalgia trip for pretty much any sort of gamer out there. Maybe not John though. You were what? What, what were what, you with? Well, no, no, I was. I was. You Nintendo. were sixty-four. Was, was like that, his first okay, console. No, that that I, one was. You. I was sixty-four. I was. It's like it was the me, next one, right? Me, my bad. G- yeah, Jared, when he was helping us come with this list, he was hard fighting for the sixty-four. Uh, yeah, as he well. was. Yeah, and it's like I, I kind of resigned myself because as much as I love the sixty-four, I knew it wasn't getting much higher than this. Right. With the sixty-four, um, so obviously the, there's only really two negatives in my opinion off the top of my head. It is one of the wackiest controllers in gaming history up front. Like, one of the worst controller designs out there that can rival with the Dreamcast, uh, for sure. Dreamcast is a more comfortable controller. It is I more comfortable, say, I yes. will throw that out. That is very true. And then also, the catalog is not huge, but the upside is the catalog that they do have is phenomenal. Uh, you know, ranging from two of the better Zelda games that ever come out, including Ocarina of Time, which is still held in a lot of people's regard as the best and one of the highest rated games in gaming history to this very day. Had Mario 64, of course, Donkey Kong 64, which had mixed release, but we think it's great. It launched Super Smash Brothers, Mario Kart 64, which further evolved that franchise okay. from the Super Nintendo to this one. Pokemon Puzzle League. Pokemon Puzzle League, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Stadium 2, All Yoshi right. Story, Star Fox 64, still considered one of All the best right. Star Fox games. Goldeneye. Goldeneye. 007 shot to its 25th anniversary just passed this past week. Should hopefully get a remake yeah. at some point. It's, it's the, the the N64. While while like I said it may not have the deepest catalog in the world, but it has some of the most beloved games yep. of all consoles. Yep, and it, it's really not close in that regard because like, again, this catalog is very deep. I mean, and, and it was the start of Banjo Kazooie too. Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie had Conker's Bad Fur Day. Shout out to that one. You know, this was like some of like the hey, this was like the heyday of Rare. You know, this was when Rare was like at some of its peak in, in, in back in these days. Yeah, like Gemini Sisters as well. Yeah, Gemini, uh, Gemini, whatever it was called, Star Force. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't remember. Uh, I mean, dude, like the catalog is, is is massive, and that's ultimately what pushed this one up as high as it was. And plus, you know, we sit here and, and talk about this catalog to the extent that we are. I mean, we can look at. Dreamcast. We can look at PlayStation 1, but really like Nintendo 64 in my opinion and a lot of people's opinion really hard 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 set the standard for 3D gaming. And I'm going to be honest, I mean, big thing was 64 versus the other ones like it was the only console at the time that you could play with more than one other person. Yeah. With the four controller ports and gave us tons of multiplayer games at the time Mario Party, Gauntlet. Yeah, I launched more. How could I forget Mario Party? Yeah, those uh, first three Mario were great. Kart, all those fun stuff Gauntlet. that Oh, yeah, Gauntlet's awesome. Before cuz besides that, it was like it was you and one other person. This was the first sort of party type. Yep. System. Yep. Exactly, a party system, a family system, however you want to refer to it. You know, N64, just like some of the other things, I've said this uh, like almost multiple times now, With multiple, you know, it changed the game. I mean, it revolutionized in its own category, and with that alone, it makes it deserving to be in the top ten. Uh, coming in at number seven. Okay, this is one This is one of the ones that I, I brought up a lot higher hey. than 
than some people probably expected. I to support be. this. I was right here with you on this and one. And this <laughs> is the Nintendo DS. Woo! Let's go. Here uh, we go baby. Nintendo DS, while on, on one hand, is one of the highest selling consoles yep, in, in history. history. Yep. Uh, partly because it is one of the best, if not, actually, it is the best handheld gaming system, I would say. Oh, 100%. 100%. I would fight that to the death. And it's like, the, uh, the catalog of games is fantastic. Yep. But also, uh, it and, uh, spoiler alert, uh, along with the next one on the list, both had a very similar impact to gaming as a whole. Yep. Where it, it helped establish gaming to everyone and not just like it not just like gamers not just the people who were like stereotyped as sitting their room all day in the dark playing their games and that this opened it up to everything street pass alone for the ds made it like made just having a ds and going around with it a social interaction yep which like that was kind of revolutionary in that sense because before you weren't walking around playing your games or if it's like if you were it's like you were kind of keeping to yourself this it's like that aspect of it made it where other people that had it you might want to actually interact with them yep or like it made it where there was more of a conversation to be had just because someone else had a ds mm-hmm. it's like it really just opened up gaming as a whole yep and i will also say to uh add on to that this is the first form of gaming that, besides Street Pass, opened it up to beyond just gamers with the games themselves that yeah. they were coming out with, whether if it was like more education-based games, which I forgot the name of them, was like Brain Academy or something no, like I that, I think was. was one franchise. Uh, another one that I actually fucking loved, uh, they probably all ran away from home, is Nintendogs. I mean, that was something that was great for kids that uh, their parents would let them get dogs. You can Nintendogs was great. Nintendo. What do you was mean amazing. they re- can the dogs run away? Nintendogs? Maybe. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. That's I fucking was, depressing I as was, hell. I was just gonna let him run with it. I think <laughs> they're. I th- I maybe. I uh, comment down below if I'm right or wrong on this, but I feel like they can. Because wasn't it, there also a Nintendo Cats? Yes, but I don't know if I don't remember if that came out in the DS era or 3DS era. But yes, I think there was. But like you know, games like Nintendo Dogs, games like the Brain Age Academy and stuff like that, like those further opened it up to be accessible for everyone, especially since it had the stylus with the drawings that you could draw on the bottom screen. I mean, like that just revolutionized gaming as a whole, and I can personally attest to that because I remember personally where the the age of gaming right before the DS was like what you were saying where it's like you kind of kept it to yourself. That's how it was at school for me is like gamers. It's like, you keep that to yourself the next generation with like the DS and beyond. That's where it's like, all of a sudden everyone's like, Oh yeah, gaming's cool. Gaming's cool. When before it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like the DS and that generation that came with it, like really started to revolutionize gaming where it opened it up to everyone. And I will also say as a personal little tidbit, which I feel like John can agree as well. It does also help that the DS had probably the best generation of Pokemon games ever i mean that is a nice little tidbit at least for pokemon fans with of course gen 4 diamond pearl and platinum heart gold soul silver and then black and white and black yeah. and white too yeah when you were when so. you were saying <laughs> best generation i was assuming you were talking black and white i'm talking i'm just like i'm talking <laughs> literally yeah, the, all lifespan yeah. lifespan, lifespan of yeah. the ds yes. had the best generation of 
of yes. Pokemon games to play. Yeah, I mean, so that's a nice little extra tidbit to throw in. And it's hey, I will also say a great way to move a console is to immediately launch the console with one of the most beloved Nintendo games in history as well with Mario 64 3D, where it was just everything great about Mario 64, but you add the ability to play as Luigi, Wario, and Yoshi. That alone made me want to have... I, I remember watching the debut of the Blue DS on G4 and them showing that game, and I went to my grandmother. I'm like, grandmother, I need this. I want to play this so bad. So that also definitely helps move a console. DS was great. That's the bottom line. The catalog's insane. Go look at it. It's awesome. Go buy a DS. You can still buy one a day and have a phenomenal time with it. Now, coming in at number six, John, the next console that revolutionized gaming forever. Here we have the Wii. There we go. And this one, this was when we were talking about it. Uh, I think Zach and Jared both kept trying to get rid of the Wii pretty early. And yes. I just, every time they put it on their, like, brought it up in our list, I just kept saying, it's not time to talk about yeah, the Wii yet. Yeah, I, I was right there with and you. It's wasn't like, time yet. They, they, <laughs> they, but the Wii, the main reason that I put the Wii so high up here, why I fought for it so hard, not necessarily the catalog of games. It had some fun games with it. It's like the Wii chain, like, kind of like you were saying with the DS, changed gaming with its games because it wasn't just focused on games like it wasn't just focused on games yeah but what the Wii did was it brought gaming out of like the stereotypical nerd sitting in his bedroom playing his games keeping to himself to it brought it to a family experience it brought it to instead of gaming being the like a, a lone person to a family experience yep and it's like that fact alone with also i mean the the i mean the the Wii sold phenomenally. Oh yeah, oh, yeah it did amazing. It's like, it, it, unbelievable. It, it did it did <laughs> unbelievable. Like it came it came out and it was one it was one where people were like, yeah, I don't know about that. It's like I mean it it looks kind of gimmicky motion controls and everything. A year later like, everyone had every, a damn Wii. Every person every family had a Wii in their living room. Everyone which had a damn Wii. Which wasn't yep. something that really happened before. Nope. It used to be you had the you had your Xbox, you had your PlayStation in mm-hmm. your room. And suddenly the home console is in the living room for the whole family to enjoy. Yep. And it's like that aspect alone. But I mean, also it's like, I mean, the, Wii had a, every, every game that came out for it had some weird way to include the Wii mote into yes. it yep. because it had to be motion in some way or you had to have it connected to it for it to actually work. Yep. So, I mean, it was, it was gimmicky, but I mean, it did I mean, it. you always say gimmicky now, but then, Motion be- controls became sort of a standard thing that we're used to now, and people are used True. to motion controls now. Yeah. Which, before the Wii, motion controls were something like, if someone mentioned motion controls, you go, oh, God, please no. Yeah. Now it's just kind of accepted as part of part of the staple of gaming. Yes. Yeah, or you're just like, ah, I can't be that bad. Like, one of our big favorite games from, uh, I forget, PS3 or PS4? I think PS4. Was until Dawn PS4 or PS3? PS4. PS4, yeah. It has motion controls in it. Yep. Yep, it does. Very annoying, most controls, but it does have it. Yes. Uh, which actually does bring us into our top five. Uh, coming in at number five, we have the PlayStation 4. Uh, now, to give special cr- shout-out to Jared, who could not be here today, <laughs> I will I will harp oh, on the PS5 man. in one capacity. Four. Four. What is wrong with you today? PS4, not PS5. Thank you, PS4. <laughs> I'll, I listen. I'll I'll say one thing that Jared brought up that when he said it, we kind of glossed over it. But he does bring up a very good point. But then I'm gonna hop into the number one positive that makes it as high as it is. The one point he did bring up is that 
it really just kind of feels like a PlayStation. While it's more powerful, yes, like what did it really do to really truly revolutionize the PlayStation? You know, they didn't necessarily uh, get ahead of themselves like they did the PS3. You know what I mean? PS3 was ahead of its time. They were just kind of, they went with the flow and they made a great console that worked phenomenally. And that can be a negative depending on how you look at it. I wanted to shout it out in honor of Jared yeah. who couldn't be here. I, I wanted to include yeah. that for him. My my I, And to respond to that, I'll say the same thing I told the Jared. You don't, you don't, to make a great console, you don't necessarily have to innovate on everything. Yeah. They took everything that the PS3 did that people liked about it and, just made and it they just made it better. They made it cleaner. They made it easier to access. Yep. It's like, it's sometimes it's not about making the newest, like the shiniest, fanciest, like something crazy, something exotic. Sometimes you just have to make something perfectly solid that works exactly how you want it to. Yep. And that's what the PS4 was. Correct. Uh, just from like the console itself, it has one of the better controllers from history as well, the DualShock 4. DualShock 4 is, is held in high regard where a lot of people still like to play it today. Like They like to hook it up to like their PC in some capacity and use it in that, in that way. DualShock 4 is in a great controller. I haven't Very had, well built. I haven't had much experience with the with the 5 yet. DualSense, yeah. Yeah, but the it's like the DualShock 4 is currently my favorite controller. Right. I mean, it's a great controller. It's, I mean, it's definitely top five for me personally. But, like, the controller is great. I mean, the console itself, while it feels in a way basic, like Jared was saying, you know, still a very well-built console. What made this get to top five is one key thing alone. It's one of the main things on our list, on our rankings, and that's PS4 is an unbelievable catalog of games. It's ridiculous. From exclusives to just the entire catalog as a whole, from cross, from cross, you know, uh, multi multi-plat games, whatever. It has one of the best freaking catalogs out there. God of War 2018 really br injected new life into God of War. And honestly, I'm a God of War God of War fan from the outside looking in. You're a true God of War yeah. fan, so let me ask you on this because I feel like you'll probably agree in my opinion looking at it, God of War 2018 really thrust God of War in the mainstream versus what all the rest of them did. Well, yeah, but it's like it did that, but I mean, the other side of the the other side of it was in 2018. It's like there was still kind of like a lot of people were still hold like holding on to the Xbox. People weren't really wanting to decide if they wanted to swap over to the PS4. I had already swapped over. I think you may have already already swapped over to it by yeah, that I point. Did. But it's like God of War 2018 thrust God of War into the mainstream where it hadn't been at for years, but also it thrust the PS4 and just showed everything that it was capable of. Yep. Spider-Man as well. Yeah, because it's like those Spider-Man and God of War showed the full potential of the PS4. Horizon, oh, easily. Horizon Zero Dawn too. Yeah. yeah. But it's like those those games those games alone would sell the console itself, but those are those are like towards the end of life cycle games. Yeah. And it's like there was there were already a ton of games that that people were like moving over to it for. Yep. I mean, you had a you know just talking about some of their other you know franchises that's well known. Had this uh, also had like the remake of the first Ratchet and Clank on there as well. Uh, that was a that was a great game. Sly Cooper Four was on there also. Um, you know, Jack and Dexter's kind of been left to the wayside on that yeah. one, but you know, it is what it is. You know, but then just introducing these other new, you know, now Sony exclusive franchises like the Horizon Zero Dawn, the Marvel Spider Man, and then just the the 
God of War coming back into form. And and right now, I'm you know obviously we're focusing strictly on just like you know the, the exclusives. But I mean, you just look at what's available on this console from a multiplat perspective as well, like a Red Dead Redemption Two, being an example. Still should have won Game of the Year, but different story. Fuck uh, right up. <laughs> you know, until dawn, that one's you know exclusive I and, mean, and a great Sh- horror Tsushima. game. Ghost of Tsushima launched on it, and that's just that's now going to be one of Sony's new high money IPs for years to come. I mean, dude, like the PS4, it's like while it didn't necessarily, it didn't wow you and blow your underpants off in terms of the console itself. Like it does, it doesn't have any like massive gimmick to really pull you in. But it's a solid built console with an unfucking believable catalog, and that's one of the big selling points. Persona Four Five as well uh, came out on the PlayStation Four, you know, for JRPG fans, and it just has a lot to offer there. Uh, coming in at number four, we have. The Nintendo Switch. Thank you. I was, just, <laughs> I was just giving him a little pause to make I was it work. I wasn't sure what the hell was going on. I wasn't either. I was, I was letting John run with it. Yeah, he, was, he just he looks over at me and I'm like, let's see if he prompts me at any point. My prompt's gonna be my stare. For people listening to the audio version, I'm sorry. <laughs> a lot of pauses Look, here listen, where I'm just fucking with it. Listen, him. listen. While we appreciate everyone that listens to the audio version. We do more focus on the video format of things. Yeah. Okay. Go check us out at youtube.com for chess if you like the video. Subscribe yeah. to the channel. Number four, we have the Nintendo Switch. It's like on it's like some people rate some people would rate this a lot lower. Some people would rate it as potentially number one. The thing with this Nintendo Switch is it's similar it, basically it's it's taken everything that that I said about the Wii and just kind of excelled and improved upon it in a way. Now every household has a Switch in it, pretty and much. And released at the most phenomenal time it could have. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah. It, it is... The Switch is a... The Switch was the perfect combination as well of having a home console that you can just pick up and take with you and continue playing anywhere. It's like... It, it took kind of the gimmick of the Wii U... And perfected it in a sense because the Wii U was the same carry around screen yeah. that you could play wherever you went, but the Switch is like what that could have been at the time. And man, the the Switch, the Switch has a lot of great games on it too. Yeah. I mean, every, everything that's come out with it. I mean, it launched with one of uh, I forget Super Breath of like, the Wild. Well, Breath of the Wild, Wild Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, that it's came like, out in its launch year. Yeah, it's like all it's like that came out in its launch year. It's upgrade of Mario Kart Eight. Yeah, yeah, Mario, yeah, Mario Kart Eight launched with it, of course. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two was in its launch year, I yeah. think. Splatoon Two, well, Splatoon Two came out on Wii U, so I mean, yeah. it, it got ported up now, in its launch year as well. Now it's like everything great about the Switch. There, it does have the downside of it is not the most powerful console in the world. I it tried has, to sell cardboard with it. Yeah, it it has <laughs> it has its problems with power, and we'll go ahead and get that out of the way here. Where some game developers are just, or, or it's like some game, uh, yeah, game developers, they don't want to release their games on the Switch if they weren't specifically designed for it True. because it's not going to run it. It's too big of a downgrade yeah. for them. It's not the going. Yeah. It's not going to be your most powerful console. It's not, but that's not what it's intended to be. It's intended to be the most versatile console, which it excels at. It has everything that you would want as far as your party games, your family friendly games, but it also it's like it's 
begun to get more games brought over to it that like from other consoles and that that are more kind of like standard RPGs, standard uh like some like we've got some sports games and that on it too. It's like fast paced adventures with like dying light coming to it. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's it's getting more traditional games to go along with its more Nintendo style. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's basically taking the same formula that the Wii had and just accelerated it. Yep. When it comes to the Switch, uh, honestly, the Switch and what we have at three, I feel like those two could really swap depending on the day. You know, the Switch, with a lot of the pauses that we're saying, honestly, it could go all the way up to one. For me, it was my number one personally. Uh, but when it comes to what we have at one and two, Again, a process elimination, you could probably take a guess and you can probably understand why they're there. You know, the Switch is does everything that John is saying where it took everything good about the Wii U and made it better, but also the Switch is Nintendo revolutionizing its own company and their own approach to games with what you're saying with Life of Dying Light 2 and stuff, while a lot of these cases are not the best because they're in the cloud format because, yep. again, comes back to the unfortunate power situation. We need them at fucking... If we're going to run with the Switch for a few more years, which is what it sounded like, we at least need a fucking, like, Switch Pro. We at least need that. Like, you're still so, fighting for that. Listen, even one of their own first-party titles runs like shit, and that's Age of Calamity, and that's why I still get to get into that game because it runs terrible. Different story, though. But Nintendo is is broadening their own catalog, right? When it, when you look at every other Nintendo, you know, console, there's you know there's some third-party games on there. Sure, there's some you know in some cases some sports games here and there, like Blitz back in the day on N64 or whatever, or the old Maddens and stuff. They had the gimmicky versions of like Madden and NCAA's on the mm -hmm. Wii, but like you know in true third party fashion it was like xbox 360 ps3 or you know you know xbox one and uh you know ps4 in this bubble we and wii u over in their bubbles you know what i mean nintendo's always been in their own bubble with few things now it with the switch if it had more power it would truly be in the same bubbles everything else it's still in the same bubble to an extent because of how much they've widened their catalog where third parties are wanting to get in on it and that's truly changed Nintendo as a whole which is a good thing for years to come where you're going to get some great third party games over on a future Nintendo console that should be a higher power based on what we've seen from the NVIDIA leaks which is going to further be better for Nintendo fans and that console and then also just back to the catalog it has an incredible catalog from all the exclusives that's come from the Wii U over to this one which have all been enhanced in some capacity launched with Breath of the Wild considered one of the best games in history Super Mario Odyssey uh a lot of people harp on these, but you know what? I'll fight to my fucking death on this one. I think Pokemon Sword and Shield are fucking amazing. Pokemon Legends, I thought, was a great step in the right direction. Scarlet and Violet looks like it will be, too. Metroid Dread is a phenomenal back-to-form for the Metroid in a 2D sense. Um, you know, Mario Kart 8, of course. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. While Fire Emblem has been gaining traction in the West since really Awakening is when it really, really started, right? Fire Emblem, of course, came out on GameCube and the GBA, yes. But Awakening really started to, started to push it up for the West, right? Three houses skyrocketed 
you know, Fire Emblem to be a West title and now one of their more successful titles on the Switch. Everything with the Switch catalog-wise and and just like the family aspect of things with the Joy-Cons and different party games that are on there just really push the Switch to where it is. And it makes perfect sense that it is in this top five. And again, could even be argued to even be a little bit higher, especially with how fast this thing is fucking skyrocketing in sales five years after release, which is insane. Uh, coming in at number three, this is definitely. I'm gonna what, call this with a personal victory. <laughs> <laughs> coming in at number three, this is definitely one that Zach and I can really chat about. Oh and, yeah, because you got this drop. Didn't I'm you? gonna call this a personal. Yeah, victory. yeah he's calling this a big <laughs> man. I was, I was, I was fighting. I, I was fighting a losing battle here. Oh, I was kind man. of at the end. I was just fighting it to fight. <laughs> Me it. and Zach were very hard on this one being high. Yeah. you had it number two on your list. I yeah. think it was number two yeah. on mine Tor- too. Towards the end of it, I was just fighting it to fight it. <laughs> All right, coming in at number three, the Nintendo GameCube. Okay, look, we understand that before the Wii U, the GameCube was actually the lowest-selling Nintendo console. Yes. Thankfully, Wii U has taken that crown because the GameCube, well, I was defending the Wii U. Yes, GameCube is a different story. GameCube is a great console, regardless of what the sales say. You could carry it with you. Okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he keeps coming back to the handle. He the loves guy, the handle. This guy found out about the handle like eight months ago, and he can't drop it. <laughs> he loves that handle, bro. He loves that handle. So when it comes to the GameCube, the first thing that I want to shout out is how amazing that controller is to the point that controller is still used today and still manufactured today. Whether if it be like a wired version you can buy for the switch, whether it has like a USB plug-in instead, or there's actually a kit of four GameCube controllers that are all wireless that you can buy. that are the four different colors of GameCube uh, back in the day of the black, silver, purple, and orange. You can buy that kit. It's like, I think a hundred bucks. I have a wired GameCube controller for the switch still in box that Jared got me. Shout out to Jared. I mean, it's one of the best controllers ever. Like, for me, my top three controllers, Elite Series 2, GameCube, and DualSense. No order. Those are the top three. GameCube is just a perfectly built controller, in my opinion, to the point it's still used today, still used in Smash competitions to this day. Okay? Now, when it comes to... GameCube being as high as it is. Obviously, it doesn't have online. The UI was very basic. It was a nice little cube, little UI. It's nothing fancy. Most of the time, you don't even get to see the UI unless you just haven't popped the game out. You know, yep. you put the game in, you, you'll never see the UI. But it had an amazing <laughs> little tune right there. It did. Do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, it did. Now, the reason why it's so high is it's ultimately what is the most important factors for these rankings, and that's the catalog. Uh, to me, this is one of the greatest catalogs, if not the greatest catalogs of games in history. For me personally, I have never owned as many games as I have like I did for the GameCube. At one point in time, I think I owned like up to like 60-something games, so the GameCube was probably my max. Now, to this day, I don't know how many I own, but it's still more than everything else that I have over there. It's taking up three shelves, and there's still some games that I would like to get to this day and kind of how everyone else feels as well where GameCube as I'm sure Zach can tune in here and and relate uh, is a very hot commodity in the retro collecting scene with how these prices are these had one of the greatest batches of Zelda games ever honestly probably still the best until we see what potentially comes out of the switch maybe for this fall based on rumors that we heard because you had Wind Waker while it was very shit on it an initial reveal and people played it and they're like oh shit this is actually fucking amazing had twilight princess which was cross-gen yes but it was on there and of course had ocarina time master quest and it also had the collector's edition which had the first two ocarina time and majora all packed on one nice little disc then a great selection of mario parties 
the best selection of Mario parties. I know you could agree with me on that. These games are awesome. Really, probably the best Mario Kart, debatable, but in my opinion, it is with Double Dash. Mario Sunshine, Luigi's Mansion, Warrior World. One of the best first-person shooter single-player games in history, and that's not me saying that as a fan. That's me saying that based on ratings and critic reviews of Metroid Prime. That is still considered one of the best-looking games from that era and one of the best-looking first-person shooter games in history. That's a fact. Look at the ratings. It is an incredible game that still holds up today. And that's also one of the big key points for the GameCube. When it comes to this console and all these games that are absolutely phenomenal, these games still hold up and play very well to this day where I, Jared has asked me multiple times with like Twilight Princess, are you sure it's not just like you looking at it through rose, you know, rose gold glasses, whatever. I'm like, no, no, I still play a lot of these games to this day. I play Twilight Princess yearly. They still hold up. And they still hold up. You know, the GameCube to me is one of the greatest consoles ever created. While the cells don't support it, the games do. What are your thoughts? I mean, I'm in agreement there. Yeah, GameCube is one of those, it just for whatever reason, didn't hit. And because of that, we have a large catalog of games that are phenomenal, still hold up. And because Nintendo's Nintendo and they made all their games on friggin' small disc, <laughs> that's the reason why half the really phenomenal games from that generation are all about 80 to over $100. True, true. And I mean, as we said, for retro collecting, it is a hot commodity. If you can find a GameCube, one console, and then the actual games... People are going to buy them up. It's not a, oh, I'll come back to it. It's a, you get it or it's gone. <laughs> exactly. I've been there recently. I remember when I walked into a local game exchange, first time I've been in there, walked in and underneath the glass case, they had five super rare GameCube games, all complete in box, all reasonably priced. I'm in there for 20 seconds and I'm like, fuck, I have to buy all five of these. I can't walk out without them. <laughs> I also want to give a special shout out to three particular games, um, one of which launched on the GameCube that some people sometimes forget, and I just want to shout it out because it's held as one of the better games in history to the point that it's like a it was it's it was a it's become like what a GTA five is now before GTA five, and that's Resident Evil four with the amount of times that it's been poured up. That did launch on the GameCube while yes it was on the PS2. So if it's getting freaking yeah. redone for PS5. Yeah, exactly. A full remake. It launched on the GameCube initially and also just as a little personal shout out for myself. Uh please keep in mind when it comes to the GameCube, while these games didn't launch on the GameCube Due to the failure of the console they did launch on, these, the GameCube really helped put Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 in a different light for Sonic fans because a lot of people didn't get the Dreamcast, they got the PlayStation 1, and never got to experience it Sonic Adventure 1 or 2, which originally launched on Dreamcast. A lot of the Sonic community that I follow online all kind of tune in on that where their first experience with those games, a lot of people considering those the best Sonic games ever made, was on the GameCube, not the Dreamcast because of the failure of the console. So shout out to the GameCube giving a second life on those games. And then, of course, like I said, launching Resident Evil 4, which is one considered one of the best games ever in its own category of like a survival horror or whatever, as well as just in general. I mean, people consider it one of the greatest games ever made. So those are a couple shout outs that I've got. Uh, all right, coming in at number two, top two. And once I say number two, you know what number one is and you should have seen it coming and you probably already did when you clicked on this video. It's the Atari. Correct, the Atari's number one. Coming in at number two, we have the Xbox 360. All right, who wants to start? There's a lot of places that we can start with this. Who wants to kick things off? I mean, this was just Microsoft's crim at the time. Crim to the crim. Because, I mean, Xbox was their foray into gaming from just doing PCs and whatnot. 
They went to the Xbox. They went 360. And just everything from Xbox, they doubled down on it. Yep. Like from online play to you got to be online for this. Cause You're going to need to want to be online. Because 360 was probably one of the best generations for multiplayer gaming just because it was the start of it and experiencing and just you went on and you actually went on with a mic and you were ready to either meet new friends or throw some hands or shit talk <laughs> whoever's on the opposite team or on your team. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like you said, 360, this, the Xbox with Microsoft's four, four a into it. Like you said, the, the 360 is, was like them going, okay, we kind of got a taste of it. Ah, let's go ahead and perfect it. It, which is kind of what the 360 era felt like at the time. Because, as you said, it kind of standardized everything we know and love about online gaming at this point. Yep. Yes. It, it's like everything everything that we know comes from that era, which, like you said, you go, you would boot up whatever, ga- whatever game you wanted to play, whether it be Call of Duty, like any of the Modern Warfare games that came out during that time. If it was uh, Halo... Halo Three, Halo Reach, whatever you went on, if you did, Heck, it's like Borderlands, you went, you Borderlands, went, Gears yeah. of War for me and Brady, me yeah. and Brady tore up some Gears Two and Gears Three. But yeah, you went on, you. It's like if you didn't have a mic when you started online, like started with your 360, you went out and you got one because you did not want to miss being a part of this time. Yeah, I mean, I remember a lot of playing a lot of Left 4 Dead One and Two, and yep. a lot of times when we got serious about that, someone would join our team, and the first thing everyone would ask is. You got a mic? We give them a moment to respond. Kick player from lobby. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> got to have a mic. Got to communicate. I was about to say, it was, I mean, before that, I mean, the main multiplayer experience was people on PCs doing RTSs, Diablo, things yep. like that. And it was just text chat in which you got a lot through text chat, but it was really the mic, the communication via voice, which really hit peak and everything. And just the... Tons of interactions you got to have with it. And I mean, and that's just the multiplayer aspect. I mean, 360 itself, 360 and PS3 was the longest as it stands still console generation. And I mean, they both have with good f- reason. phenomenal catalogs and very large catalogs of games. Huge. Everything from top tier AAA games to the random obscure games that I know and random thing like my phenomenal one to Augurus War. Stupid fucking game. I fucking knew you were going to say that, too. <laughs> Stupid fucking game, and for the dumb reasons why I got it. Yeah. But, yeah, it's got everything from top tier to super obscure freaking RPGs and shooters and all that fine, fun stuff. Like, one of the release games for 360, Time Shift. Either of y'all know that? I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I, I didn't uh, ever play it. Yeah. It was a first-person shooter where its gimmick was you could control time and do things, and, like, the multiplayer was... Multiplayer was really weird on that, because... You didn't get the powers of the time shift. They made them into time grenades. So that was freaking ridiculous, playing a shooter with time grenades. Yeah. Because it would either stop, fast forward, or rewind your ass. So, I mean, but overall, I mean, 360 was great. I mean, even, like, the UI for it was really fun with really letting us play with the themes and all that fun stuff. Also, the avatars, too. The avatars. The avatars they introduced way later. Yeah, I was was about to mention, like, the 360 was also the golden era of uh, like Microsoft doing like hosting little events. Arcade. For, like shout out to one verse 100 yeah, should be ho- coming back. Like hosting little, little like tournaments where you could go, like you could join a queue and try to get your, get yourself into these 
like like you said, one versus a hundred. There were a couple different variations of those types of events where it's like you would you'd get the notification. It's like this is happening in fifteen minutes, and you go, oh, okay, I'm, a, I'm dashboarding now. I'm gonna just gonna sit there and wait. Yeah, exactly. And, that and was one, me. <laughs> and one feature which was really great that came out of the thirty sixty era was the dashboarding. Just yep. the quick quitting, and you yep. didn't have to reset the console or anything. Oh, true. Just yeah. just center button, hit Y to close out. I'm going. Yep. And then arcade itself, the Xbox arcade of really pushing indie titles and things like that, or sort of uh, older games that were only like originally like cabinets that got a digital version. True. True. Yeah. When it comes to that 360, like what you guys are saying with like just like the online play alone. I mean, like. You know, we really hyped up the Xbox with it laying the foundation for console, you know, online. 360 changed it forever. Like what you're saying, where it's what we know today. I mean, like, I still think that the heyday of Halo 3, Reach, Modern Warfare 1, 2, and 3, Gears of War 1, 2, and 3, I still feel like that is like some of the most peak online gaming there's well, ever been. Fantasy well, Star Online demo. Oh, do the demo. Oh my god, so much spent, time on that demo. I spent I spent like we spent too much time. Way on that. too much. I yeah. love that demo. The demo was great. But yeah, no, uh like you were saying, like with uh m- mentioning like Halo and that, yeah. man, it's like not nothing was ever like logging into Halo three online. It's it's like going in like picking picking your matchmaking and seeing like general population three million. Yep. it's like that was that was just one of the best sites you'd ever see. It, it's it, it's a different era that people, I, you just you won't get it unless you were there. <laughs> like, and, I mean, and it's, it's now different. a little depressing. Like games like um, Cod and whatnot that also have that. You'll see it, and it'll be like population like a thousand. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's very different. You know, yes, very very different. It's like there's a reason why like you can go back and especially like if you go back and watch any like the Cod videos uh, where it's like just the game ends and it's just shouting for a minute and a half until the next game starts. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's like, there's a reason why like everyone our age, it's like you, you start watching one of those videos and you just start getting super nostalgic. Yeah. I was about to say, and the thing about the really thing that why we say uh multiplayer was really pushed with the 360 was like during the Xbox era. Yes. They started the online play, but you still had tons of single player games and whatnot. And the 360 era, it didn't matter what your game was. You had to have a multiplayer mode in it it didn't matter what your game was you had to have a multiplayer because it was standard for 360 at that time yep xbox gold man it changed the game especially especially in that generation because we already talked about how the ps3 that it was going up against had shitty online it was free but that free is ultimately what its downfall was i mean the the amount of times that i remember like getting on like whatever news site at the time and saying oh ps3 server's been hacked again i'm like ah well that is yeah Yeah, (laughs) because i I mentioned my obscure ass games like even my obscure ass games had some sort of multiplayer function wasn't necessarily on online versus but they had like online co-op there were yeah there was something yeah yeah you had to have some type of multiplayer function in your game. Yep. And also, final shout outs to the 360 before we move on. Of course, it launched, you know, helped launch Mass Effect, you know, Mass Effect on that generation. Shout out to that. Fucking Mass Effect, Mass Effect 3. Yep. They made their goddamn online campaign play? have to I, have online. I still hate that to this day. I'm I mean, glad that's. I'm, I'm, it, <laughs> it was fun in its own right. It was, but the fact that you were forced to play it is what made me mad. All right. Shout out to the Xbox 360, Halo 3 is how I met you. That is true. That's how I met John. <laughs> Through Jared. Yeah. Well, no, I knew Jared. Jared no, lived up the street. Yeah, no, it was uh, Jared lived up the street from here. It, okay. It was an, it was another guy that uh, we. Used I think to it be was just Jared. With. Well, no, it was another guy I used to be friends with. Me and him were playing Halo Three, and we were oh, trying okay. to we were trying to find skulls. And he went. Oh, that's he, right. He goes, "Hey, just a minute. Let me message this guy. One of my buddies. He'll go. He'll go. Just find him. Bring him to you." <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, next thing I know, 
Jared and Alex come loading into the game. Yep. And I'm just like, oh, it's cool. Yep. Here comes Zeno 623 coming to see, save the day. <laughs> see, I had a buddy, Matt. He he just hearted on Halo and just... I He stayed over at one my place one night. I went to sleep. When I woke up, I had every skull achievement. Hey, sh- hey I want to shout something out involving that just because it was a good time for me. And also shout out to the people that actually fucking trusted me. You're a legend. <laughs> Is that I would advertise in my bio. It's like, hey, if you want Lone Wolves achievements, message me. And they would hit me up like, yo, how do you, you know, how do you do it? How do you get? I'm like, no. What you're gonna do is you're gonna give me your login information, and I'm just gonna do it for you. But you got to give me a Microsoft card. So they'd give me a 1600 point Microsoft card, and I would go get all the Lone Wolves achievements for them and let them take their account back. I, I would, I would, no shady business. That's fucking sketchy as hell. I know it is, but people trusted me. Cause like, like okay, and I will say doing that—that that does also show the, <laughs> how much people trusted on online yes. at that time. Different era. You wouldn't do you that not today. Fucking do that now. No, like the amount of times I had someone hit me up and actually, there was plenty of people that said no, which fair reason. I would always say, all right, fair enough. I totally get that. But like, I I would even include in the bio people that I did the job for. It's like, hey, message this person to confirm if I'm legit. Like. I'm shocked at the amount of time someone said, yeah, here's my email, here's my password, get these fucking achievements. Because like, there were those few annoying ones, like two for one. Two kills, single laser laser cannon shot. Like, I, I would just, all right, look, I'm just going to say it. Half the time, I would just get into a Lone Wolves game, like, anyone want to do achievements, achievements, achievements? And then the other half <laughs> the time, I, I would happen to just get lucky. I'm like, all right, let me just, uh, uh, boom, got it. You know, so I, I made a lot of Microsoft points like that back in the day. It was a nice little side hustle. <laughs> See, whenever you say this stupid shit like yeah. that, all I can think is from uh, PSO, John. Fucking Stacy. Dude, the PSO was fucking weird. PSO, where you did achievements. PSO demo was a weird thing where people would sell fucking uh, 18 plus selfies of themselves, or of yeah. supposedly of themselves yeah. for Microsoft points. It, it was the weirdest thing. It, it, like that was a weird time on Microsoft. Weird like time, but a great time. Weird but time, but a great time. But it was time. fantastic. I Fucking mean, early internet's weird, hell, guys. It is, dude. Hell, it is. Three, it's like 360, especially like Halo Three in particular, and then a lot of like Call of Duty. And that it yep. has, it has some of my best gaming memories. Yep. It's like uh, me too. What was it played? Like multi-team Halo Three. Yes. Playing with playing with him. Fucking multi-team duo. Hey, shout out to multi-team. <laughs> That like, shit, like that. That was a chaotic mess. But my God, was it a great time! It was it, phenomenal. It, it's one of those things that it worked because of the time it was out. Exactly. Yeah. Some like uh, three immediate things that pop in my head of where it's like some of the best times. Uh, team swap with Jared because of how frustrated he would be, and that was hilarious. Shout out to you, Jared. How's that forty coming? Uh, Search and Destroy on Modern Warfare 2 yep. with David and Brady. We, we played it a lot. We got a lot of funny stories from that one. And then me and Brady doing Wingman on Gears 2 and Gears 3 because, Jesus Christ, we were a fucking duo. There was a few maps that, for some reason, I don't know what it was, that we would not lose. Like, as soon as the map came up, like, oh, cool, we got a dub. <laughs> See, and that's sort of how I was with, like, Left 4 Dead, and I became a Left 4 Dead phenom because john and diaz can test he i wouldn't play i with fucking us. dropped them because they were too what bad at the left for dead for me oh the, that's the, savage it's the dude that played <laughs> left for dead for 10 hours a day for a year we come over to play it one time with him at his house and he wouldn't play with us because it was our first time and we were bad <laughs> i was hard on left for dead i could tell like half my friends list at the time of the 360 era was from left for dead to the point where i have a great story where 
I got into a lobby. Someone was shit talking, and I don't know why. For whatever reason, it triggered me, and I invited, I invited three, I invited like six people off my friends list. Three of them joined, and we just fucking destroyed them back to back games. <laughs> also, shout out to a few single player games. Of course, uh, this generation had Skyrim naturally, but it also mm-hmm. had, of course, the game before that being Oblivion. While Morrowind was held in a high regard and had its, I would say, more of a cult following. Oblivion really thrust it more in mainstream. And GTA 4, great. I wouldn't even say Oblivion threw it in the mainstream, to be honest. I, I personally would. Uh, th- Skyrim uh, amplified it, but Oblivion uh, really started uh, throwing it uh, in there. Oblivion is the, like, Morrowind has, like, a lot of people that are fans will hold Morrowind a little bit higher, but Oblivion is the one that a lot of people will look back to and say, like, this, this is... This is like Elder Scrolls at its finest. Yeah, same thing. I've, with, I've heard that from quite a few people. Yeah, and then of course had GTA Four, had GTA mm-hmm. Five, which has been poured up a thousand times. There's just so, we could go on all day about this. Yeah, three sixty. Last shout out, shout out to Sonic O Six on three sixty. Anyway, moving on. Uh, number one, you never would have guessed it. Yeah. Here it is. Such a shocker. Plot twist of the century. Game Boy Virtual. Here we go, baby. <laughs> this was the The fun- Virtual Boy that we were shitting on at the mess with you, but it's actually getting number one. It changed the game in the worst way possible. The real number one. <laughs> PlayStation 2. There you go. PS2. I mean, it who, was... Who, who, I mean, really. I mean, it's one of the, the... As soon as we decided we were doing this list, it's like all I had to figure out was everything after number one listen i already said like i uh, in this episode i had switch at one and gamecube at two but even i knew what was going to be number one like <laughs> i knew it's like, I, there was no changing it i knew it was one of those when we kind of shared where we had stuff yeah that alex goes well i knew i was gonna lose this yeah <laughs> I, I mean i knew going like the, when i was typing my original list i'm like all right yeah let's do gamecube at two switch at one i'm like that's mine, but I know PS2 is going to be one. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. I mean, for, for us in our generation, PS2 was just phenomenal. It just had an insane catalog of games. It just ran phenomenally for the most part. We did have some hiccups with the fatty and then with the disc switching, which it initially started out as DVD disc into... Uh, Fuck, I forgot what it moved on to. But they changed disc because it started off with the blue backs and eventually got the CD style mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. But controller was great. DualShock led to all great controllers beforehand. Um, just phenomenal games across all genres. There's just something for everyone. And that's the big thing. There's something for everyone. While the Wii changed things where it's no longer the nerd in the room, the PS2, like... Well, PS2 made it the nerd in the room. Yeah, yes. it did. <laughs> yeah, because exactly it had a little bit of everything. Like anything, any sort of genre you would want, the PS2 had. You know what I mean? And you know, one thing that we we failed to even mention with the Wii, which also applies here for the PS2, is just like the longevity of the consoles. Yes. Because the PS2 was still having games made like into the PS4 era, and yes. the Wii had the same thing. Granted, they were very select games. PS2 was, I think, only like what soccer games. It was soccer or, games. And then while the Wii, it was just dance. But either way, the longevity of these consoles. There's a reason the PS2 is number one selling console all time like there's a reason for it you know not only from its like longevity standpoint and its wide catalog but like when it comes that wide catalog the fucking franchises that it started oh yeah you look at this list of games that the franchise that started here it's baffling it's like the other thing is a lot of these a lot of these franchises that kind of started here or like went through and existed on the ps2 a lot of people look back and go 
and then like just name the PS2 games as the best in the series. And it's True. like that's it's like that just happens to be they just happen to have come out on the PS2. Yep. And it's like that is that is something that is unheard of for other consoles to specifically get named as that version unanimously voted by people to be the best one. Yeah. For me personally, two that immediately come to mind is I still think Ratchet Deadlocked is the best Ratchet. I love that game. I know it's not truly the best, but it's definitely my favorite. And then while this game is not exclusive to Sony, like the franchise, for some random reason, this particular one was exclusive, and that's Soul Calibur 3. That's still, yeah. that's still my favorite Soul Calibur to this day. Like, And it's not close. I love the shit out of Soul Calibur 3. Right, we mentioned it earlier, too. That's where we got God of War, baby. Yeah, God of War. This was the beginning here. of it. I mean, one of my random ones that I played, I put way too many hours into was Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Gauntlet Dark Legacy is good, yeah. Like, I put way too many hours into the point where I could literally pick up, pick up Gauntlet Dark Legacy and still pick up all the secrets and everything in one run. Yeah, I just picked up Gauntlet Dark Legacy recently for the GameCube. I was like, oh, yeah, we all need to play because I also got the original Gauntlet, yeah. you know, Gauntlet Legends, that is. And, I, and Zach's like, which one? Because if we do Dark Legacy, I'm going to be able to run through that quick. <laughs> I'm like, like, all right, maybe not that one. Then. Like, legitimately, <laughs> I can solo Dark Legacy in probably two hours. Yeah. And then just also like other games that launched on this, which are just held in such high regard. Of course, there's GTA Three, which you know Vice City, San Andreas, Shadow Sly Cooper series, Sly Cooper series. You know Jack and Dexter started here, mm-hmm. kind of got left behind, but still started here. Um, you know you have Shadow of Colossus, which is held as one of the greatest <laughs> games in that genre. Of course, uh, Silent Hill Two, still one of the best you know considered horror games ever. And created. Homecoming with Three. Yeah, I mean our other our other friend Diaz, like he he chats about Silent Hill Two. Like if he has an opportunity to chat about it, he's He's chatting about it in full detail. I mean, it's the catalog of these games. And also, like, you know, I want to shout this out, at least personally for me. I know you guys dabble in this genre, but, like, and I feel like everyone, everyone that is potentially watching this can agree. Like, that era, like, the PS2, you know, specifically, was the best era for sports games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the best era for sports games that there's really ever been. Honestly, I have no clue. I still never touched sports games. I can agree to this because this is the best. Because it's, like... A lot of a lot of early consoles, like uh, for me, like growing up, I got consoles later than most everyone else did. Mm-hmm. Like when people were moving on to the PS2, is when I was getting in sixty four. People were moving on to the like PS3. I was getting a PS2, so it's like I was getting a lot of these games slightly after everyone had had played them. But yeah, the PS2 sports games are phenomenal. Yep, a lot of these still being considered like. For the most part, across the board, arguably the best that's ever been made in that respective, uh, you know, franchise or whatever sport it is. The only one that I feel like could be a legitimate argument would probably be like NCAA. I, I personally think NCAA fourteen is the best, which is of course the last. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it is the best because. God, that thing's got a high price point. It's got a high Maybe. price point. It's got college football revamp, but a lot of people like to immediately turn to NCAA 07, which fair. You know, when it comes to NFL related games. People immediately turn to like an older Madden game, like Madden 04 with the one Michael Vick on it and stuff. But really, nine times out of ten, people are like, oh, dude, no, ESPN 2K, 2K5 is still one of the best football games ever. SmackDown versus Raw. Yeah. You know, those are still considered the best wrestling games ever made. Which is funny. Yeah. Especially with how 2K has developed over the years. I mean, I mean, just like, again, PS2 just has stuff for everyone. Like it has a great lineup of JRPGs as well. I mean Dragon Quest 8 still considered one of the best Dragon oh, Quest out there. Like it has yeah. something for everyone. Yeah. Dude. It has the it's Final like- Fantasy series which 
all the Final Fantasy that came out are referenced in some form, like yeah. 10 for its fucking voice acting. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say Dragon Quest Eight picked up earlier this year. You got two so, copies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. fucking yeah. clerk's a jackass. Yeah, by that the clerk way. that clerk fucked someone else out of a Dragon Quest yeah. eight. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to, it was supposed to come with like a, a demo disc like a yeah, demo it, disc yeah. or but something it's, else. But it's, in the a back. Race, it's supposed to be Dragon Quest eight and a demo disc of Final Fantasy twelve because I have that sitting in my house. Yeah. But and you ended up with two copies of Dragon yeah, Quest eight. Instead of the demo they gave me two Dragon Quest eight, so now I just have two. There because the guy did question he was like, oh there's two discs. He just put two discs in there. I didn't even think about it. But yeah it's like picked that up recently I've started playing it. Yeah. So it's like, I've, and that was one of the one of the games I wanted to play the most because I've seen how highly rated it is. Dragon yeah. Quest Eight's phenomenal for its story, gameplay, and its weird monster team building side quest. I also want to give a, a special shout out. I know you can definitely jump in on this. Uh, one thing that the PS2 really, you know, with the games that came out on it, did very well that helped put us into a state that we are now is that it took some of of you know, anime games and brought them to a different level. Because while, like, I, I want to specifically shout out, you know, Naruto and Dragon Ball. You know, while there was some Naruto games that, I mean, not Naruto, while there were some Dragon Ball games that came out beforehand, like Dragon Ball Final Bout, for example, which introduced people to the West to, to what GT was before it ever came out. Like, people find out, what the fuck Super Saiyan 4? You know, like, no one knew who that was until that game came yeah. out. Because Z was still airing at the time. But, like, the PS2 era like really changed Dragon Ball games, anime games I mean, forever with got, the Budokais. We, I was gonna say we got some of the best games in Just the still. series with it, with the Budokai and the Budokai Tenkaichi's. Yeah, because you know, because you gotta keep in mind all the Tenkaichi's were in that generation. While yeah. you know, a couple of them stretched to the Wii, like Budokai one, two, three, Tenkaichi, Tenkaichi two, Tenkaichi three, all in that generation. And then just you know, like I already mentioned, Naruto. There was a couple of Naruto games. I, I want to say the first Naruto games that came out were on the GameCube, which was the two Clash Ninja games. Those were okay. Uh, there was also the Uzumaki Chronicles. That as well. But like the PS two man with the ultimate ninja games were phenomenal. And just that whole genre of like anime related video games really set anime games into a different motion that we have today. Hell, even the fucking full metal alchemist game was good. And that's Canon to the 2003 show. Yeah. Like they can, that game is made to be Canon. Like, like dude, it just like, even the, you know what? I'll throw it out there. I enjoyed the show. So did Brady. Even the Inuyasha games were good. Like that whole PS2 generation just changed so much in, all genres, whether it be horror, you know, action, sports, fighting games like, you know, Tekken and stuff like that. Um, you know, the anime, just, you know, other JRP, whatever, dude, it changed everything. Like, it, it, there's so, like, dude, the list of PS2 oh. games that I need to pick well, up that was is was also, it's like, was was it PS2 or was it PS3? Because I was, I was trying to remember uh, around the time, like, uh, like the Guitar Hero and that. Yeah, Guitar PS2. Hero. Yeah, Guitar because, Hero. Because, launch, because yeah. it's like that. It's and Rock like, Band. Yeah, because though it's like those came out around well, the PS2. Rock Band time. was actually 360. Oh, it didn't come out on PS2. Nope. Yeah, like okay, the Guitar Hero. Well, games, it did come out on PS2, but, but it didn't launch. Got yeah. it in that generation. But yeah, it's like those those came out and completely changed what what type of games developers could come out with. Yep. Because it's like rhythm games like that weren't and something like, that were commonplace on DDR, home consoles because ddr went from arcade machines to that damn floor mat and playing it on your playstation yeah so it's, it's just another another avenue where proving the point of anything that you could possibly want to play on a console was available on the ps2 exactly and there and that reason is why it's the number one selling console of all time 
and our number one on the list. <laughs> I mean, you should have seen it coming. Like once we said what we were doing, you should have been like, all right, yeah, we already know what number one is. I probably know what number two is. It's pretty straightforward. Um, boys, is there anything else you want to shout out with anything with this list? Anything with the PS2? Anything of the sorts? Because we're at two hours, so we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think I'm good. I, I think I I'm got good nothing. Too. Okay. All right, boys. Well, episode 100 of Game Statics officially to a close. Our pre-recorded error is pretty much. I mean, we'll still do some pre-recorded stuff every once in a while, but that verse, that era of us is officially done. Starting next week is live shows. Uh, before I hit the music, anything you guys want to shout out, just in terms of like hitting this huge milestone of episode one, episode I mean episode one hundred, episode one hundred one, starting live, anything of that, just general shout outs. I'll be honest, I didn't know what I was signing up for when you text me. It was like, hey, yep. can you do a That's cast? <laughs> yeah, I thought I was supposed to be the editor. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's like, I thought I was supposed to be an editor, and here I am, still fucking hosting this show. Would you, would you honestly say you'd still be rather editing? Oh no, that sucked. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but hey, man, it's been a hell of a journey. You know, shout out to Zach. You know, literally, no shit. He, the story he's telling is one hundred percent accurate. I hit him up. I called him. Hey, are you busy? It was like, a, it was a Saturday night, and you're like, no, like, do you want to do a podcast? And he's like, right now. I'm like, yes, right now. He's like. All right, let me put on pants. Because <laughs> he, he happened to live like a minute up the street. And then John started off as a guest and then agreed to join uh, hosting starting this year. Uh, but you were already doing a pretty decent amount of episodes anyway. So, I mean, it, it's, been a, it's been a great journey with both of you. We've, we've added Jared to the journey, which unfortunately due to circumstances, he hasn't been able to be here recently, but he should be coming back here in the near future. But it's been a great journey. Uh, like I said, most podcasts don't make it past 10 episodes. You know, and then, you know, if you do make it past 10, you may not make it past 20. That's just the fact of podcasting, you know, because it is a slow game and you got to be ready to embrace that slow game and then just kind of grind with it. And that's what we've done while the show's gone through some rebrands. Obviously, you know, we're on the third name, uh, really the gold flag of the name. But, you know, uh, it's a bright future. Uh, we're super excited, especially with like our like our new sponsor, Wayward Beard Company, uh, you know, partnering with Rogue Energy and Red Dragon, of course. So yep. we got we got a bright future ahead for this show. Uh, cheers to 100 more episodes. We'll look forward to, I guess, 150 and see if we do a special then. And then whatever episode 200 will be. It'll be a good time. It'll be a good time, especially jumping into live shows here soon. Um, boys, any other thoughts? If not, I'm going to hit the music, and you can give your last, last thoughts when we get out of here. Hit it up. Music's hit. Let's get it. Let's get out of here. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, whatever your platform allows. It does help, especially this episode. Let us know if you hate our list, because we hated it making it. Don't worry. That's true. You're not alone in this. Fuck this list. <laughs> Uh, if you're watching the YouTube, hit that subscribe to help us build the community. And also check out the Game Static YouTube and hit subscribe there so we can post stuff there as well. Well, we are posting stuff there, but post exclusively there. Yep. Thank you very much. Bye. All right. Do everything he said and more. And if you made it to the end of this episode, may God help you. Yeah, you're a fucking legend. But, uh, yeah. Thank you for making it to the end if you did make it here. And come check us out next week for live episodes. Which will be a very exciting journey. I'm pumped for it, especially since I've already kind of got my feet wet thanks to the terrible football show. It's been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to whatever interaction we can get with the game. Static Live episodes and just talking about everything in our normal week-to-week uh, -week news, whatever we're playing. And again, thank you so much. I mean, no matter how long you've been listening to this show, if you just started listening in the last few weeks, thank you. If you've, been, if you've been around for a long time, we appreciate you as well. Uh, cheers to 100 episodes. Cheers to 100 more. Uh, you already know all the plug stuff. It's all down in the description below. I think the music's actually about three stars. So I guess I
I should extend this a little bit more. Well, you know, I, I do need to extend it more because, of course, shout out to Wayward Beard Company, officially sponsored by them. Make sure to go check out waywardbeard.com. Use promo code SPARK3 to get 10% off your order. They have a, a large selection of products with a bunch of different scents. I've personally had four different scents now, Open Road, Sun uh, Sunbather, uh, Trailblazer, and Wander. Both are phenomenal, and I definitely recommend them. Uh, so definitely go check it out. They have products for a little bit of everything, body wash, beard wash, whatever. Uh, promo code SPARKY there. Rogue Energy, Red Dragon. Sign up to the website, the merch store. Join the Discord. Till next time, guys. Have a good one. See ya.